Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Are you like me and thought one day, I want to start a podcast? Well, it's easy. All you do is go to Anchor FM and sign up for free. Then all you do is you can record from your computer or your phone And next thing you know, all you do is upload your episode. And then like magic, Anchor just goes and releases it everywhere to Apple, to Spotify. You name it, it releases it there. It's easy. It's simple. It's fun to use. And like me, I'm not very technical oriented. Again, easy. Not like the rapper, but it's easy if you get what I mean. So again, go to Anchor FM, sign up. And uh, start being a content or podcast creator today. such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we are the imagination of ourselves. Welcome to My Third Eye, prying open your thought, truth, and reality, questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome to My Third Eye. Over here, uh, son Agatha, and Agatha's paternal, his father line which is the son was the male, the father, God the father, eh? And as I went on through, I found uh, more. Uh, Lun- Lunigiana, again, is a moon reference. And Castag Leon. So remember, I'll come back to that, actually. And then I moved down through, and I got more Leon in Lion. And uh, M- Mary 
Maggiore is Mary Magdalene. Uh, when I went through here, you see the old old um, old church tower here, and the church shape is significant. Um, and as I went down through, I found the same. Right, ladies and gentlemen, this is your preview. I'm not even going to say preview. This is the audio debut of Lines of Destiny. Um, I have not put the audio out because it was doing so well on YouTube. It's a very visual episode. Uh, so I let it up on YouTube for a while. It's got a lot of views. And if you listen to this, I highly suggest you go back and watch uh, the video. Now, some reference this as if it is a documentary. This is an almost four-hour interview with my friend Alan. Um, he lives over in the, the UK. He's originally from Ireland. And he is... Oh my God. Every time I talk to Alan, I end up walking away with a headache in a good way because he's so smart and the, the research that he, he looks into and just dives into is fantastic all the way around. Um, I would tell you to go over to Patreon for the, the, the full episode, but uh, I'm going to release the full episode here for free and the patreon for, for uh i will upload it to patreon as well um that way if the patreons um only listen to the episodes through patreon you you get it too i will say like share subscribe share 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 word of mouth text social media i don't care share this episode if you want to get a hold of me my third ipod gmail.com want to be a guest hit me up there hit me up on instagram let's talk i mean come on let's talk i will also put a small disclaimer this was recorded in the beginning of my third eye podcast and my audio might not be the best but bear with me i was still learning a lot still learning you learn every day uh but you'll get the point very great episode like i said highly visual go over to youtube my third eye podcast and check it out and i hope you enjoy this long-awaited debut of lines of destiny Welcome back, people, to another episode of My Third Eye. Tonight, I have a returning guest. Um, we hinted at it on an earlier episode. I have Alan Denaney back, coming in all the way from across the pond. Um, he's going to be sharing his work that he's been doing for close to, well, well over a year, um, maybe, maybe even closer to two years at this point. Uh, it's called The Lines of Destiny. So everything that you've been told about history, you might as well just take it throw it out the window because you're in for a ride and a, a mind blowing uh, experience of truth. So having said that, I will turn this now over to Alan and let him introduce himself and we'll get started. 
Hi, Ghost. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. As I say, I know you a long time uh, chatting on our Telegram group, uh, which I've really enjoyed. Um, and I guess you, you've shared this journey of discovery with me. Um, so it all began last January 2020. Uh, I was sitting down in England. I live just uh, outside London. And in the home counties and I have two sons my oldest son you know he was born in Ireland so I was born in Ireland myself originally from the northwest um, and uh, of course he he left when he was a baby or child as his brother and one night they were watching telly came over and I says well do you want to see some old megaliths um, in Ireland. They're, they're older even than Stonehenge because I knew he had been looking at them at school. So I said, you know, I'd, I'd show him one that would blow his mind a little bit on what, what they were able to do all those years ago. And I guess that's how the story began, really. And I ended up on a journey which uh, you've, you've, you've shared along the way. And um, yeah, to, to say it, it opened my eyes, it opened many eyes, um, and I guess this is what you're all going to, to hear now. So I suppose I can share my screen and tell you how it all, all began. Yeah, um, yeah, let's do it. No worries. Um, so just bear with me. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I know the very first time watching this presentation in its infancy um, before where it has come today, I know how, how mind-blowing it was and, and how I, and the questions I had and, and the, the conversations that you and I had after for months and months and months. And then you'd, you'd find different things and, and it would just grow and grow and grow. And, and I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm super excited that you're finally here to tell this, uh, when I first started my podcast, originally, um, I wanted you on as my first guest, but I'm glad we did wait so I could work out some bugs on my end, uh, which I will always be working on bugs on my end, you know, with audio and everything else. But, you know, I just, uh, I was looking forward to this since, you know, Friday night when you you were like yeah let's 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 record on sunday and we'll get this yeah. out there i've been looking forward to this one as i say i've only got to tell a few people mostly telegram groups and i did uh, share it with michael tazarian and i guess even since then this is the rate of knowledge um, i've picked up even in a short time um so i'm delighted i always had this year marked uh, i said I, I love your show so far ghost and this yeah, I think uh, I was always earmarked to, to share with you and your audience. So, no, no, no worries at all. So there's a map, the Isles of Wonder, and I guess the story I'll tell you will make you probably think the same. Again, I, I, I live just maybe an hour or so outside London, you see down there in England, but I grew up uh, just on the southern side of the border with Northern Ireland up around here. And I guess um, I was interested to share this with my son. So 
Basically, there we zoomed into Dublin and just about half an hour's drive north of Dublin on the east coast in the province of Leinster. Uh, Ireland is split into four provinces. You have Ulster, Munster, Leinster and Connacht. And in Leinster, north of Leinster, um, in Meath, County Meath, you have what's called um, the Bruna Boina. And it's just about half an hour's drive, say, north of Dublin. And it's quite a unique place. It's um, a World Heritage Site. Um, I think two thirds of world megalithic art is in that picture you see right there. It's on the River Boyne and it's at like a, in the horseshoe. It just flows into the Irish Sea off to the east, not far away. And you can see there's many, many passage tombs and, ne ne and Neolithic monuments and tombs that are really quite special. And the art, we all know the traditional Celtic art is, is quite, um, quite something to see. So in the center of that horseshoe, you have what's called Bruna Boina. And it's an ancient legend, um, basically the palace on the Boyne is what it means. And it's where um, locals before the rediscovery of these tombs knew of the legends which span eons. And um, these were built uh, possibly maybe 3,300 BC, from 3,500, 3,300 BC. And there you have three main pieces. And there's the first one is Nout. And Nout itself, I think, has one third of all European art, Mesolithic or Neolithic art um, on it. Just one, one passage tomb. And a passage tomb is basically you have a tunnel into the middle of a mound. And that's the best way to describe a passage tomb. Um, and this one is Nout. There's many, there's about 14 individual mounds and the artwork and the curbstones around and the chambers inside this one has two chambers from opposite ends like uh, one over the other and that's on the west on the northeast side then you have um douth and unfortunately that was badly excavated by amateur archaeologists in the in the uh, early 19th century and they did a lot of damage but i, I was fortunate enough to visit it um this august past and there's quite a lot still to see there that is makes it quite fascinating. There's on each of the arms there that's dug through, there is two passages deep into it on each side. And the curb stones around, there is some um, artwork on those two that's fascinating and gives you an idea of possibly what they were thinking about. And then I guess the most famous of them all in the middle is Newgrange. And Newgrange wasn't, it was Bruna Boyne was the original folklore name. And basically it's, it's a massive mound. It's about maybe 15 meters high, it's about maybe 90 meters in diameter. And there's about 200,000 tons of stone in it, of rock and stone. And some of them are upwards of a hundred ton. And some of the stone came from the south 60 miles and 70 miles to the north. Um, and some of the stones, I say, came the heavier ones came from about 30 miles away. Um, I'd say mostly by water, but uh, some by obviously ground. Um, and the reason all of these is you know, we have our PlayStations, our Netflix, and Amazon Prime, 
you know, the movies, we've all the entertainment of the day, our smartphones and so on. But back then, they literally had nothing. They didn't, it was the Stone Age, and they didn't have musical instruments that we recognize much, maybe more basic things. And so their only entertainment was staring at the stars um, and their stories and their imagination ran wild. And I guess over Ireland, which this one is, this is the Milky Way as seen from the Northwest, um, it's quite breathtaking. Of course, you don't have the light pollution you have today, like some cities have, but you could see clearly um, how dominant and I guess their imaginations were fueled and the better the story, the better the tradition, the more amazing it was. Now, New Grange, as I say, dated back to about um, 3,300 BC when it was complete. It probably started much before that, maybe from 3,500 BC. Um, and as I say, these people that built it were farming people and they arrived in Ireland sometime around 4,800 or 5,000 um, BC. But those people in Ireland, I guess, from about, you know, you had the Ice Age, the Great Ice Age, um, and so most of the Northern Hemisphere, at least north of Spain, upwards of Ireland, was covered in ice. And just to the west of Newgrange, maybe three kilometers deep, or, you know, nearly two, two and over two miles deep of ice. That's a lot of ice. And, that melted about 11,000 BC, um, and you were able to, I guess, at that point, you could have walked from Ireland onto the mainland continent. Um, England separated, uh, first Ireland separated from England around, um, I'd say, about uh, 11,000 BC, and England separated about 8,000 BC from the continent of France. Um, and they were farming people and they built this, I guess, to honor the sun. And what's so special about Newgrange is that over the main entrance, you have a door and you see the main, you have to pass this stone, which is about three and a half meters wide. And it's quite a famous, and when you think of all the ancient artwork in prehistoric times, you think of this stone. You see the tripled spirals and double spirals. Um, and you cross over steps and then you go, you can see the passage door entrance, which um, was, was efficient or economic in design because you really do have to squeeze your way up. Um, and over the top, you see a square and that's called the roof box. And on the shortest day of the year, the light will shine into that on the 21st of December at dawn, as the sun rises, just for about 15, 20 minutes, the light comes through. Now you can see it was it wasn't like this. In fact, it was rediscovered, I guess, in the 17th or 16th, 17th century. Um, the workers were going to rub the stone to build a manor, or told to you take the stone. Once they uncovered the entrance, they ran because they knew the legends of Bruno Bonia and it scared them. Um, so whilst um, inside was never renovated, it did it remained perfectly preserved. Um, but the outside, however, took on uh, Dr. Um, Michael O'Kelly, did quite extensive work. And this was a photo taken um, in 1959, but works began from the 60s to 1975. Now, on dawn, you can see the light rise over the opposite hill, over the, over the River Boyne. And if you stand inside, 
you can see the light come through. Now there is a lottery and only about 20 people or so can actually fit inside the tomb. So there's a lottery of maybe two and a half million people apply. And I guess being Ireland, the northwest of the uh, of, of Europe and on the northeast of the Atlantic, it tends to have lots of wet weather. So maybe one in five or 10 years, you'll be lucky enough to actually see the sunrise if it's not raining and snowing or something. And it is quite a sight to behold. And the sun comes through that roof box and makes its way up into the back of the chamber. And when you look at the chamber, it's a cruciform inside. So you go up and you have the, basically it looks like a cross. And um, on one of them is a large basin. Now the significant thing about it is that basin had to have been there before it was built because it's simply too big, it doesn't fit. And if you see the way it's designed, it had to be one of the first things placed or it was there before the structure was built at all. And you can see the bottom is a section through it and how it rises to the middle. And it's quite, you see the way the stones are laid and the rocks inside and boulders. In all that time, five and a half thousand years or over, who knows, about five and a half thousand years, not one piece of water has actually met its way in and it's remained dry in all that time. Um, and so what happens on the shortest day, you can see the path of the sunlight and the solstice. That's about 10 to nine um, in the morning. Uh, sun rises and the light makes its way through. And you can see some of the stones in the middle are four shoot bend to bow almost in reverence as you make your way back. And it lights up back to the stone basin and so on behind. So it's quite a, Quite a, an experience, I'd imagine. Uh, say, if you're lucky enough to to witness it, it must be, it must be otherworldly. Um, and how it would have been made is, you see here, they would have maybe got wedges, and they would have created a fracture line and keep inducing it. They could do all this Stone Age, then it would fracture. They probably rolled it in logs. You see, this is, I think, the largest one monolithic stone that was ever ever caught in Goblet Tepe um, in north, southern Turkey. Um, you can see that they could carved it out of uh, caverns or rock beds. And then you can see they may have moved it like this on, on pontoons, probably mostly submerged and with logs and so on to make ballast to keep it afloat. And there is the Wicklow Mountains to the south. That's about 60 miles so, south where some of the quartz came from. Um, and here is an example, although there's been bog boats, which are basically carved out oak, there is, has been found uh, reed boats like this one in Puno. Um, and to the, to the west of Newgrange is quite a lot, again, the Boyne, but there's a massive lake lands with bull reeds and the like. And I'm sure they were, were definitely seaworthy. In fact, last year was a unique year. They found a key on the Boyne of large flat rock that basically met a harbour and there's about maybe maybe 200 feet rise 150 foot rise from the from the river up to to the to the to Newgrange itself so they made hard standing to obviously offload the the rock they brought and the boulders and um 
to keep it clean and tidy. Um, and when you look from at Newgrange from above, um, remember these are the early farmers and we have the modern trend is uh, what you call biodynamic farming, which essentially is, you know, they think it's trendy and new now, but in fact, it was possibly the earliest form of farming there was. And what it means is that they planted and farmed with this lunar cycle. And so Newgrange is in fact, probably a replica of the old moon. And the old moon is when you sow your crop and also when you harvest your crop in the old moon. And the quartz stone when the renovation um, looked, um, looked um, sort of, uh, sorry, sort of um, like uh, the old moon in itself. And so the quartz probably lay out on the ground and um, something like that. Um, and uh, hence the, you know, the farming people had something of reverence to go by. Now, my son asked me, you know, Dad, how do you know that? So, of course, I, uh, you know, all, all good journeys start with a good question. And his question, while it was very simple, you know, how do you know that the sun goes through the, through the tube? I found an app, you know, there's many apps, but this is just the one I found on the day. And it was basically um, uh, suncalc.net. And basically it... Um, it shows the um, the where the sun rises and where the sun sets. So you see there, the yellow line is where the sun rises on a given day. So you set your date. You see where what angle where to look from your position, the drop in, and that shows you the sunrise. And the orange line shows you as it makes its way through the sky where the sun will break the, the horizon and set. And so if you move that drop in northward or southward. If you move in the in the winter solstice time, if you move that drop pin northwards, eventually you'll hit the Arctic Circle, and the angle between the yellow and orange lines will will disappear to nothing because it's twenty four hour darkness. And uh, of course, uh, of course, as you push towards the equator, that angle flattens out uh, because you you will have the sun rising closer to the east and closer setting closer to the west. So. Everywhere I'd, I'd move that drop pin, there's has a different angle and a different trajectory. So nowhere is the same, in essence. So I set it up and I just dropped it on top of Newgrange, like so. Obviously, it's a crudish enough app, but sufficient to demonstrate where the light comes from. So when it was placed on Newgrange, I showed and you could see that it pretty much lined up with where the door was. And so my son was satisfied and being satisfied, got bored, left. But um, as I was talking to him, I mean, you know, about whatever, I was rolling the mouse. I'd done my job and I was rolling the mouse and talking away to him, just fiddling. And it was just when I looked at it out, it zoomed out, I'd seen that the yellow ray was moving towards England. And of course, I've been living in England, I know, what I saw shocked me profoundly because I recognized if you know England, you know where the end of the yellow line is. In fact, I had to double check just to be clear to myself. And it sure enough, I seen that it was firing right through Stonehenge, which I'm sure most of your listeners will be aware of. Of course, that could not happen anywhere else. It had to be Newgrange because if you move it either west or east, it would not line with, with, with Stonehenge. 
of course I'm shocked, but at the same time I'm rolling the mouth still in my confusion. And I see it goes, went straight for Paris. And I thought to myself, we all know there's the Louvre and the, um, in Paris where the Mona Lisa is and all the other things in Paris, wondering where would that go? And as I rolled more, I could see uh, my jaw literally fell on the floor because I could see where it was aiming for. It was going straight for none other than Cairo or Giza. We all know Giza for the pyramids and the Sphinx. And there'd been lots of talk of that. So to see something like this um, actually manifest to be, to be real blew my mind. But it didn't even stop there. I could see that it continued on and actually went right through, through Mecca. And uh, we all know Mecca is the Islam center of the Kaaba. And so I was, I was gobsmacked, to be honest, because I realized that this line in chronology, the oldest is Newgrange, it, about, you know, it was completed maybe even before 3300 BC. So it's quite a, an old monument. Then the next oldest was Stonehenge, and that is about 2700 BC. And then you have the, the uh, pyramids themselves are 2,600 um, uh, um, years old. So I said to myself, the first thing I will do is that, again, a Kaaba, of course, is about maybe for 500 AD with Muhammad. And so I says, I'm, I can't prove all that. But if I could prove from Newgrange to Stonehenge, um, um, and my background is I work with a large civil engineering company and I've worked all over the world at this stage in Europe and Africa and I'm back in England now and in Ireland obviously I've worked there as well. So and where I grew up I knew lots of folklore so obviously this was fascinating to me and the first thing I thought a tradition I did as a child as it seemed just previously is we used to light bonfires on the longest day of the year the 21st of June we used to light a bonfire and we'd look around at all our friends' houses and farms in the distance. And of course, our neighbours always used to light a better fire than we did because uh, our dad worked in the lumber yard. So we, they had much bigger fire, but we, we didn't do too bad. But you looked around and you could see everybody's fire. But one thing that I guess that, that was obvious to me, indeed, the month of May in Irish and Gaelic, the language, uh, the old language of Ireland, is Baltana, which literally means uh, uh, bonfire. And um, the other, the thing that struck me about bonfires are cairns. You'd see stones on top of mountains where they would have lit them as well, or passage tombs. But they weren't necessarily on top, which meant that the position was more important or the, than the elevation or how high it was. So to me, that was a giveaway that obviously the position was of vital importance um so the next task was obviously the irish sea and so when i looked at the the um irish sea this is a photo of of the wicklow mountains which is the east coast of ireland as you see it from wales across the irish sea now it's at the closest points is about 60 70 miles and indeed on the alignment it is about 70 miles and um, you can see clearly there that you can see the, the mountains on the horizon. And in fact, looking the other way, and there's plenty of pictures on the internet to show 
you can indeed see Wales from Ireland as well, much clearer even on a given day. So there was no doubt with uh, bonfires. I knew with the foot and mouth crisis, there was stacks of, sadly, uh, herds had to be destroyed with foot and mouth. And those smoke columns were seen up to 100 miles away. The heat and the power would have sent them, the column of smoke up very, very high and straight for a long way. So the tech was there to do it. Um, so the first task after working that out was to cross the Irish Sea. And it was at this moment I nearly gave up because I could find no evidence of a cairn on that line. And it really was upsetting for me. Um, uh, so I was about to give up because I couldn't get a, find a way around it. But uh, I noticed just to the north, first of all, there was a little cairn. A cairn is a little mound of stones on the high ground, uh, which used for, you know, um, either, what they say, tombs or burning fires. And I noticed one just to the north, a couple hundred metres of the line. And I then found one uh, analogue, I found another one to the south of it. And I remember um, a, sta a saying um, that uh, said, uh, I learned as a kid, uh, I didn't, I wasn't particularly good at speaking Irish or, but, uh, or Gaelic as it's known. I wasn't particularly the best, but I do remember a saying that was Tom Idrogothina, which obviously it's what I, the way I'm saying it looks nothing like it's written. Idrogothina means between two fires. And that's basically you're in a dilemma or you've a chosen path. You've, 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 used to pick a path and and I thought, hang on a minute. So when I measured the the distance between them, I found that the line bisected perfectly uh, the two fires. And I thought, I'm onto something here. So straight away I jumped across the Irish Sea um, and I tried from Lambay Island, which is just north of Dublin, uh, to the coast there. And uh, it didn't work out perfectly, but I found beside it a tower that worked two Montello towers um, that were perfectly equidistant. And then it threw into question. So if you're familiar with Ireland, and of course the Vikings invaded um, in about 700 AD. And this, these round towers were supposed to have been built by the monks um, to stop the invasion. What you see is there is a door halfway up, or at least a third of the way up. And there was a ladder. And as soon as they got warning the Vikings were coming, they used to grab all the gold chalices and the Bibles and the children and women and everyone would go up into the, up the ladder and they pulled the ladder up after them. And the Vikings were very good at many things, but they were, unfortunately they weren't very good for them uh, at siege warfare. So they became unstuck with the round towers. And so they survived. And so did a lot of the treasures, actually. Um, and they were good, but one thing, I lived actually within a mile of this one here at Clondalkin, Round Tower, and I always noticed all of them had one thing in common, is that the rock and stone on the bottom was a different design, a different detail and different construction technology. It's mostly dry, dry stone, and um, all of them, in fact. And I begin to think to myself, these are older, much older. The base is much older than the rest of the tower. And then I thought, well, like all invasions and Christianity was no different. It came at St. Patrick in 
432 AD uh, to Ireland, which uh, I'm sure any of you know the Irish for St. Patrick's Day. Now, they would have taken the pagan bonfire locations and all the other things that they've wells and whatever and met at their own and Christianized them. And I guess the round tower basis was no different. Um, and in fact, you know, this it, it's it's a tricky one to to really understand. Um, but so what I did was I downloaded all the round tower positions over Ireland and all the old church towers, round towers, and I started to look at things differently. In fact, there's evidence even in, down on the other end of the line in Israel and the Middle East and in Egypt uh, had towers and mispas as well, which in the bottom was much older than the top and they had multi-purposes. Um, so I started plotting. I found cairns and forts and round towers. And as I plotted them out, I seemed to see patterns. And I began to plot my way. In fact, I found... Uh, two towers are nearly uh, 10 miles apart um, and that made me question how how the hell did they do this because I found that it was really really accurate and not too different to how we do a you know, first principle set out today and it was indeed fascinating as I see you could find I found maps that from 1830 survey maps and Ireland was unique I suppose in the Royal Ark uh, surveying society of the Ordnance Survey. It was the first country really to be surveyed in depth that way uh, in 1830. And then in the 1850s, they, they continued with Wales, England, and, and Scotland. Um, so I used to be able to look up the maps and see, and I, I got to the point where I was predicting where forts were or anomalies and looking in the old maps and finding reference to them. Not all are still there sadly but most most are and you could tell by the names again the irish came into play because you you know tina anything with tina in it the word tina means fire or bonfire um or cairn cairn means a cairn literally a, another place to light a fire a fort all of these were clues a wrath and when i got to the welsh side i found i was expecting not to find anything but i was quite flabbergasted to find that it was still plenty of it. And indeed, even in England, with industrial age, world wars, um, and, uh, farming revolutions and so on, that all of them still remained intact as I, as I plotted through. And, and so Google Earth was the tool I used, of course, to plot all these. And one of the things you can do is you can actually set the sky end of it so you can see the sun as it moves through the through the sky. So I said you can set the date and time. And when I did that, um, you can see too, there is the sun rising uh, in, uh, to the southeast. And the green tall line is, is Newgrange. And you can see across the Irish Sea and over towards Stonehenge. And... Um, as you cross the Irish Sea, there's there's the peninsula in Wales first, and then there's the mainland Wales, and on to Stonehenge. And I found plenty of these. I didn't just find one grid line, I found parallel grid lines. And that's ingenious, because if you have parallel grid lines, the more lines you have following the same thing to infinity, because that's where the sun is relative, really, the more accurate you are. Because you may be making a mistake on one line, but if you have many lines, you reduce the error. 
and they were no different. They knew this, and uh, it's quite remarkable. There's every this system is still adopted today. And I found lines that weren't just to the southeast for sunrise and winter solstice. I found lines and forts and tracked on the map that were going to the north, north, uh, the northeast. Now I couldn't, and still uh, until only quite recently, realised what these were. But when I seen the pattern emerge over over Newgrange, and I looked at the the curbstone. I remembered. I remembered what this. I'd seen this before. I'd seen that on a curbstone at Newgrange. And there it is. There. And what they were doing was an as-built, and they do that all over the world today. You do as, you know, how you how you actually constructed it and and uh, dimensions and patterns. And there you have. You can see the diamonds are actually those grid lines. And up here you can see three. So one will be the sun, and the other two would be the fires. You know, this argument, this is, is um, Orion belt. But when you look at it, I thought, no, actually, because this is probably what they're saying. They're telling you, we know you have, you have two fires and you look at the sun in the middle. So I thought the one to the northeast was possibly, this was my first thought, was um, Cygnus. And Cygnus is the swan constellation. And the main star there is Denim. And I thought it was it, but it just wasn't working out. But Cygnus is also associated with uh, St. Bridget. Um, and this triggered my thoughts on how they could have done this. So Bridget, St. Bridget, but Bridget was a, was, a, an, was a pagan deity. And she was the shepherdess of the sky because the constellation of Cygnus is right at the bottom of the Milky Way in the Northern Hemisphere. And so through the night, it moves around with the Milky Way as it moves through the sky. And hence it got the name of uh, the shepherdess, the St. Bridget. But that triggered me as how, because remember you're in the Stone Age. So how do they line these two fires? How do they make them equidistant either the side of the line? And I, I thought to myself, was something that triggered me when, it, as a kid, on the first of February, which was St Bridget's Day, um, you need we went and you either got reeds or the plant was rushes, uh, which would be in marshland, and you took them, and you made a St Bridget's cross, and the genius of it was that you you got reeds or all the same length, and you cut them the same length. And you folded them in half, and then you started to wind them around each other um, in a circle and continued around in a spiral. And so what you ended up with is this forearm cross that's tied. And see the frilly ends of them with the reeds? See how it's tied and you have a frilly end? Um, but what that guaranteed was that the, from the center to the end of each arm was exactly the same distance. And I thought, this is clever. Remember, in the Stone Age, they didn't have sophisticated tools we have today but this more than did the job and what they did is if you look at it it's not exactly symmetrical you have a leading edge and each of the leading edges as you go around the arms cuts through the middle now this was a forearm cross uh saint bridges cross but there was also a three-arm saint bridges cross and the difference was 
this was from Ulster, the northern half or diagonal half of the country, and the forearm was the southwestern diagonal half of the country. And it's significant in itself. And what actually they used to do, so you can imagine, you could either lay it flat on the table, or you could in fact hold it up, hang it plumb, and you have the fires, and you could see in the distance, if you put a fire on the end of each arm, and put the sun or whatever you're tracking in the dead center, you could plot yourself a nice alignment. And I thought that was really clever if they did that. Um, and I had no reason not to believe that. The only issue now is how to signal. And then another thing I realized in Ireland, uh, in a village called Shalela, they found the earliest form of this. And it's called a Shalela, obviously after the town. And what's ingenious is it's timber stick, usually of ash, which is a, you know, it's a hardwood. And what they did was they found them inside, they used to cook them in a pig's belly, through down its esophagus into its belly, and in the heart of a bonfire. And those fires used to get quite hot. And what the genius of that was that by doing so, they carbonized the outer layers of the wood. And of course, the end, the knuckle there on the main trunk, would be more dense than the rest of it. And so they fireproofed it. And doing picking what they did, the, the knuckle, they guaranteed they had what basically they made a torch. And you could wrap you could wrap uh, reeds and meat or fat around this and you'd it effectively light brilliantly. And with a long branch, you could make it noticeable distances. And the other thing they could have done is that they could possibly have had something like a board or something to block off the light, like um, like Morse code flashes. Um, but um, again, when I looked on the other end, you could see evidence of of of, of these down in uh, in uh, Egypt. So here is um, uh, some of the gods, and you can see here, this is a was scepter, and it's pretty similar in shape, isn't it, to a, a shilena. Um, and then they have a little cross in their hand, which I'll get on to. So I suppose now is a good time to talk about um, the Egyptian gods. So here you have them. These are the main players in Egyptology. And so you have Osiris, the green fellow, and you have Isis, his wife, and then you have Osiris's brother, Set. And Set was a baddie in today's version of the devil. Uh, or, or the ancient history's version, Egypt's version of the devil. And Seth had a party one night and he invited Osiris around his brother. He says, come on around. And his friends were there. And Osiris was a, kind of decent, I suppose, innocent, innocent enough. And Seth said, look, I made a coffin for you. Now, it wouldn't be exactly the get your, float your boat today. But in those times, your coffin was, for, you know, because of reincarnation, your coffin was a big deal to talk about. So to give someone a coffin was a big deal. And said, said to Osiris, listen, I've made you a lovely coffin, but everyone says you won't fit in it. And I said, you would. So do you mind showing everyone wrong? Osiris says, sure, sure, Seth, I'll do that for you. And he gets into the coffin and, you know, quick as you like, Seth and his mates all nail him into the coffin and throw him into the water and drown him. And then... When they take him out, they cut him into 14 pieces and throw him around the world. And when Isis finds out, she is beside herself. She's devastated. 
so much so she spent an age traveling the earth to find Osiris and put him back together. And when she put, found every part except his penis. And what she did was she fashioned it one from gold and gave it to him. And they later came to have a son called Horus there on the left. And Osiris, Horus spent his days looking for revenge for his father and chasing Seth, or to kill Seth. And that is essentially the, the story of 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 uh, of uh, Egyptian gods, the main the main story. Um, and they have many gods. I believe they could have up, upwards of a couple of thousand, in fact. And there is Osiris, and he's green, and I guess he's green because he was dead and brought back to life and cut in pieces and sewn together. So he wouldn't look the best, I'm guessing. Um, and if you look, this this hieroglyph is interesting because look up to the top left. You have a green-winged bird and an eye. Now, so the bonfires were lit by, in Ireland, England, Wales, and Scotland, and France, and all over, I'm guessing. But you had certain families that would have looked after uh, the fires. And there would have been names like in Ireland, you would have Kearney or Cairns in Scotland, or Byrne in Wales, or Hill in England. And you also had families who did the navigating. And they won one of those families, they could have been Gill, or they could have been, as we know, Sullivan, Sully or Sullivan. And Sullivan in Irish, literally, it's, it's again, most Irish names in Welsh and even English and all, they've been anglicised um, to recent. But, so, Sudawan, it's Sullivan in Irish, and Sulawan literally means one eye. And that eye is the eye that would have looked through the middle of the cross, on either hanging or on a table or stone, looking out to line everything up. You know, close one eye, motion it, um, the, as we used to call the border wink, where you'd, you'd literally have one eye to sight and close the other eye. And that is the eye there. And see those green wings? Remember I said on the cross, the St. Bridges cross, you had the frilly bits on the end, and I'm sure that it got termed, cross-termed with the, a, a bird, or, and that's what the arms of the cross are, is the feather, the wings, the wings of the cross. And of course, the St. Bridges cross evolved, and it evolved through the, through the years, and, you know, became rounded like this, and the cross as it is, this is an early depiction. And you see all this symbology. There's the 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 cardinal uh, coordinates of the poles, and, and and then you have the one on the right is the the breakdown of the seasons in in Gaelic. Um, you have Samhain is is Halloween, and opposite that you have Baltana, which is Baltana is bonfire, or Bale's fire, and then you have you have um, you have Leah. Which is June, the the center, Lith, or, you know, Leia, the, the the most light, and then the Yule, of course, is Yule tide, is is the uh, winter, Nimbolg, again, is the is in February. This is the beginning of spring. Um, and then they evolved quite a lot through the years, but not, in essence, still the same thing. Um, so you see, the one on the right was found in Denmark. And that was around the same time as Newgrange was built. Um, 
but it's a, a flat stone and you see it's nudged niggled notches on the ends of it and radians and they would just this some this is how they would have done a basic plotting of the skies the one on the left was found near stonehenge and it's four and a half thousand years old so about two and a half thousand bc and you can see now it was in the iron age and and, and bronze age and you you had gold and they could they could fashion it and i guess the the more elite you are the higher up the society, the more um, impressive your solar disk. And that's what they were, solar disk. Um, this was found in uh, Athlone, which is uh, central Ireland. Um, and you have the first time ever, I don't think since, uh, a lunar and solar disk found together of made of pure gold. Um, quite impressive. And again, you can imagine the lunar disk was in fact uh, placed to hold a tunic maybe and like buttonholes to hold it. And these may have been earrings, but either way, they denoted elite status or high status in, in, the, in the group. And the surprising thing is over a period of 5,000 years, the technology didn't really change at all. This was found in one of Vasco da Gama's boats. He was an explorer, famous explorer, and that was 1500 AD. So that's like 5,000 years, the technology hasn't changed. And here you could track at night, and you have a hole to sight through, or they could put it literally on a flat table and, and turn it around to, for their heading and then relate to where the stars were. So the tech was just the same and the knowledge was just the same. And then of course you have the Ankh. And the Ankh is, you know, as they made their way to Egypt, this is, uh, it evolved. It became a Swiss Army knife version of the, the St. Bridget's Cross. And you can see the wings here clearly. You remember the frilly arms of the old wreathed cross? And then the bird and the green bird. And it hasn't changed much at all. And there's the wings. And so you'd sight the sun through the middle bit. And if you look, there's the eagle wings. Or you see the scarab kind of representing the same. You have the wings of the scarab beetle. Um, but either way, you sight the sun or whatever through the middle and the arms, you put your fires either side. And um, again, if you look at the gods, you can see both. So they have both the, the shillelagh, if you remember, or the was scepter. And then they have what they call this modern or Egyptian version of the cross is the ankh. And so when I looked at the Ankh, I thought to myself, what's the etymology? What's the story? Where did it come from? And the earliest I could find was that it referred to either something reading or sandaly with your feet. And I thought, mm, is there any Irish similar? And I thought of a saying that was, um, lean on cusson. Lean is to follow on, on cusson. Cuss is your foot. So lean on cusson is to follow, follow, the path. So on Kusan was literally follow the path. And there you have it again. And it's very easy to believe that that was shortened to Ankh, on Kusan, Ankh, the path, because it was everything they did. And here was a depiction, you know, you have the sun and then the rays. And you see this quite often in the hieroglyphs, the hand, the hand of the sun um, reaching out, the rays. And here is the bold rebel Akhenaten of the Amun Rebellion. So who was he? 
So his dad and him were part of what was called the Ammon Rebellion. And that basically was, they up to that point in paganism, they believed in what they called polytheism, which means they believed in more than one god, many gods. In fact, all the solar theism, is everything in the sky was to be honoured, uh, from all the planets to the constellations, the zodiac, and of course the sun was the big one. And he... And his father took it a step further. In fact, his father got kicked out of Egypt um, uh, for, for, for that belief. He got back in again, but it didn't go away. And when Akhenaten came along, um, and there's his wife, Nefertiti, who's kind of a power, powerful woman too, um, he pushed it more. And so monotheism, he caused mayhem in Egypt and refaced everything and changed everything and they were afraid of what the damage was done and so what happened was there is records from a from um, a Sumerian merchant I believe um, about maybe 30 or 40 years after the Ammon rebellion so you're talking like 1300 BC and this guy he recorded of two two guys there was what he called the the, um, um, the Egyptian leprosy, 70,000, people. And Yosephus and Osephus, their leaders, were kicked out of Egypt. And they had the leprosy issue. Now, what he was really saying was they didn't, it wasn't leprosy they had, but their ideas were considered a leprosy. They were outcasts, basically. And that was because they were monotheists, or the Ammon Rebellion. And Yosephus and Osephus, Yosephus, fit a description quite clearly to what we call uh, Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. And most people believe that that, in fact, was Akhenaten. And he was tough, by all accounts. And his half-brother, Osiphus, and the two of them led their people, and they were kicked out of Cairo, or Giza, to the other side of the Nile. And they built a city. They didn't like it. They were tough. It wasn't the food, and you know, it was drier, more arid on the east bank. And um, they took down the city and moved it north. And uh, something happened back in that now. I don't know whether he was left or died. Or is he the pharaoh that's referred to in the Moses story? But Osiphus, Osiphus disappears and Osiphus takes the people into the desert. And his name changed from Osiphus to slightly Masiphus. And I guess we know that as Moses uh, today. And that was the the Atonists were the people. Aten is a ten, is the sun or the disc. The Aten, the sun worshiper, monotheism, or one god, not many gods. And um, of course, they didn't like being kicked out of Egypt and so sought revenge through time on that. What you see here in this hieroglyph, you see Akhenaten and you see the ray. Remember the hand coming from the sun? And then you see the hand holding the ark holding on the ray of the sun. And see in his hand, he has kind of two columns, like two fires, and, a, and an atom, a, a disc in the middle. So it's like the following the sun between the two fires, or the two columns of smoke. And Nefertiti doing the same. Um, uh, and there you have more hieroglyphs depicting something similar. And see the rays coming down. One or two of them have an ankh. So Ankh is the path, isn't it? Ankhosa, the path. Again, now I could have been way out with this and 
you know, may indeed be, but you do find that things change a little. So there we have, there's, there's Osiris again, and you can see uh, Nefertiti uh, and, and uh, Litany of Ray. And Ray is another term for the moon, in Irish is the moon, but Ray is also a beam. Um, this is at the tomb of Nefertiti, Osiris is the uh, merged into a single body. So that's basically that the blood, blood moon almost and, and Osiris. And here's Horus. So Osiris, sorry, Osiris is uh, Iris, of course. Um, Sirius, which they tended to worship as well, the dog star. And then Horus is, here's Horus. And you see here, this is the two eyes. Remember the eyes? So the eye of Providence, the eye of Osiris, the eye of Ra, the eye of uh, uh, Horus. And basically, it was just an eye sighting. And you see here, you have one, the, the bright sun eye looking to the southeast. And then the other eye, a darker eye looking to the northeast. Um, the two different paths on the grid you see. And Horus is, gives his name to ours. Horus, ours. Um, also the gates, the trials, the 12 steps of Horus on the uh, clock or trials and tribulations of a hero and is would have been the egyptian version version of jesus in a way um here you see again look at the wings and the eyes looking each way and uh, again they're the wings the arms of a cross aren't they that's what the wings represent and the eyes one eye is looking either to an uh, an object on the horizon either way to the southeast or to the northeast, the sunrise, and the other one to to a constellation or whatever in the in the northeast. And here you have the the was scepter. There you see the shillelagh again, and this is you have on this side Anubis. Anubis was who you met when you died, and he weighed you between your heart to a feather. And if if your heart was heavier than the feather, I was sorry for you. You are off, um, and uh, if you were good, you got to reincarnate off in the funny boat, which was unusual, and uh, that was Anubis. And then you have Toth, and Toth was the calculator, the mathematician, the scientist, the, the genius of them, and he he was represented by um, a, a bird too. And you can see there he has the he has uh, the wild scepter. And there's the Ankh, the and uh, of course there was the Shillelagh. And then Lucia. Lucia is light, or light of the moon. Annus, Anno Lucia is the year of the thing. I just popped that in for a moment. But So in Ireland, all the way oh, much colder than Egypt. And uh, one thing you don't find, and definitely not 2,500 years ago and older, is you do not find baboons or monkeys. But they found in the near Tara Hill, the Hill of Tara, where the high kings of Ireland were coronated. You found uh, there's a mound there, a tomb, a passive tomb, and it's, it's called the Mound of the Hostages. And they found a little boy who wore an Egyptian-style necklace, the same as Tutankhamun's. In fact, not just the same, there's the identical minerals and identical pattern of Tutankhamun's around 2400 BC. And 300 and then 2300 Armagh, but maybe about 
80 miles up the road in another tomb was another barbarous ape skull found. You know, people said, oh, it was a dog. And these were found around the 1950s. You know, very, um, very once, once, maybe, but not, not twice. And remember now, the first megalith I showed you, the one with all the mans, the 14 mans. Well, this is a curbstone at now that was found, curbstone 15. And look at it very, very carefully. In the middle, you have what's the sun. And remember these rays. This is a sun ray. This is an, a path, isn't it? An ag, a path, a kusan. And then you have, look at, you have a circle and two fires. So between the fires, you have the sun that gave you the way. Remember, Idragothina, what started me on this was between two fires was the sun. And you followed on kusan, the path to the sun. Here's another cheeky pup of the time his was Gilgamesh feared and you know warrior respected and feared at the same time but possibly cannibal they reckoned and he was a giant and he was everything and this is him look at him holding the huge big kind of ankh or cross it has wings again hasn't it and it has a circle in the middle that the sun you'd sight through and notice how he is um he is a normal human and then his helpers are kind of half human. And really what that depicts is that it wasn't that they were human too, but he was of a blood. He was a pure blood um, or royal blood, and they were just not. And they didn't mix. And I said last year was very interesting. Dr. Laura Cassidy um, did research with a team of archaeologists and, and, and DNA biologists. Um, and they looked at 48 uh, Neolithic bodies found in Ireland, where oldest was eight and a half thousand years near Belfast and some near Clare, a lot from around Sligo area. And there's tombs in the north uh, west of Carrickeel, it's called. And these, there's about 14 passage tombs, I think, on top of the mountains there. And it's significant because the people that were found in there, they were different. So Ireland up from, say, 8,000, 9,000 BC, right up to about 4,800 BC was kind of insular. Not, you know, there's enough population, healthy population, but there was just slightly different DNA to, say, you know, England and Wales, so it was separated. Um, but then they seen this DNA come in at 4,800 BC. And uh, on Carrickeel, one of them was from Spain, but the others were not quite similar to anywhere else. The closest they were was to Anatoly in Turkey, southern Turkey, and uh, the Egyptian pharaohs. So they were very similar in DNA to that. Um, they didn't mix too much with the people. And the proof of this is the people that were found in Sligo, 300 years later, in Newgrange, they found a brother and sister relationship and their son. So it was incestuous relationship. Don't mean bones, not many bones found in Newgrange. But they found that they were directly, not related distantly, but directly, direct descendants of the bodies in the tombs in Sligo 300 years before. And also, very in keeping with monarchy, they wanted to keep the bloodlines to themselves. And uh, this meant that um, they didn't mix. And so that was kind of acceptable in those periods of, you know, 
to have a brother-sister relationship in the royal lines just to maintain the bloodline. And I guess this is what this picture represents. So I thought I'd look at the word Gilgamesh, and obviously having looked at Ankusan, I said I'd break Gilgamesh down. And so I did. I split it out into Irish words. And so I had Gilgamesh. So Gil comes from Gael, and we all know the Gaels, the Irish Gaels and the Gaels of Gaul. And I looked at that word, and Ga is a ray or a beam, and L is a is a, is a light on the horizon on the bright horizon so there were there were um esh i found near my home place three places were cash and esh basically means um a path or a causeway or stone or a reed or wattled causeway so when you when you broke it out it probably meant gilga gil is a kind of the the ray of light on the horizon it doesn't mean the sun it can be something else esh the causeway so they're basically gilgamesh was the people who followed the bright light on the horizon and the path the path of the bright light on the horizon and that's what gilgamesh in irish so it's quite uh it's quite a weird thing and the irony is uh yeah um it was mesh esh is an irish word that's from a dialect that's gone where i grew up um uh, and you still can trace it out today, and there's another more breakdown, but same thing, Gilgamesh. Uh, and there we have Horus again, and he's looking with the sight, he's sighting the line through, and from his station, there's the wings of the cross, and you look on his head, there's the Aten, that's the sun or the, the disc, and there's a serpent. And the serpent, I believe, represents the path or the Ankh, the Ankhusan. That's what the serpent is, actually. Um, and uh, that's why, so the path is looking the same way he, Horus is looking, and they follow that path of the serpent. And then you see it again, there's Horus, and this time he's on a boat. What looks remarkably a hieroglyph like an American flag, stars and stripes, funny enough. And there you have Horus looking, he has an ankh, and he has these staffs, which are probably the, the shalala. Then he, he has, look, one is looking to sunrise and the other is looking to the northeast. And then you have the snake looking ahead, because the snake is the path, going around the atom, which is the, the sun or the disk, the circle. And gold in Irish um, is ore, ore. So I thought, and then that's the word Angkor. Angkor is uh, the gold path, the path of gold, Angkor. Um, and that's, that's the ray that you've seen fixed in the sun. And so I started to look at other things. So, so to me, there was a clear, the Angkor was the golden path, Angkor. And it keeps you set, it holds a ship in the sea, doesn't it? Angkor, it's, it's a ray from the ground. That's what it means. You're holding on to a ray, the sun. And you move around, but you're always following the sunrise. And this is the Boyne. And here is the horseshoe. And this is where the Battle of the Boyne, which is quite uh, the 12th of July in Northern Ireland, is a big day, the Orange Marches. And this is where it all came from, this battle. And it's quite an unusual battle in the sense that you had a Scottish king 
uh, who went to war with his nephew, or, or sorry, son-in-law, married to his daughter. Um, he had a French, an Irish, and a Spanish army, and he fought a Dutch king with an English army, Dutch army, German, and some Russians thrown in there. So quite a, almost like a world war. And there was over 2,000 people killed. But the interesting thing is, they were mostly killed going to and from the battlefield. And there's no evidence of any cannonballs or gunfire or gunshot recovered from the battlefield. But you can see here, this is where Newgrange is, in Downton North. And you can see some activity here, but again, it's not telling you what happened specifically. And there it is turning it. That's looking north to south. And this is looking south to north. A normal normal map layout. And there's doubt the new Grange is here. And that's the horseshoe of the boy. Look at the way it tails up, and this is this is the way it looks. And this is the Valley of the Kings, or Luxor. Luxor, sorry, on the Nile. Again, where they all the pharaohs are, were buried. And here is the Jianhui River in China. And see those red columns that I found? They all are actually pyramids, although the Chinese government say they're not pyramids. They're obviously not. They're mounds with trees on them now. And you can't find pictures. It's very hard to find them, but I found some. There's nine. And interestingly, there's a big solar disk layout here where Newgrange would be if it was new, if it was the point. And down here is where the terracotta army was found. And the Reagans visited, I think, in the early 80s, 83. And here is the Missouri. And look at it, the same shape again. Missouri going around St. Louis. St. Louis, Lou. Remember that, Louis, Lou. And if you look, there is the Gateway Arch of St. Louis. And it's funny, that's perfectly lined with sunset from the river on May 1st. And I think you call it Labor Day in the States. And then... Now you have the cross. Do you remember the Ulster version, the three-armed cross? You can do lay it down on the ground, and you can do exactly the same as the forearm. But what I'm kind of showing here is that all the, what we call the nefarious or evil symbolism we know today, actually wasn't, its origins wasn't that way. It's just taken and being used and twisted. Because that is what I'd say our three sixes come from. Um, Google Chrome, huh? which I'll explain later. Then you have CERN. Do you see the sixes there? And then remember the four arm cross? Well, I'd been looking at Google Earth for a long time, and there's the four arms. And look at the eye in the middle, the sighting eye, the navigating eye. Um, there's the two columns. Look at the columns of smoke and the fire. Two columns. And then you have the checker. Do you remember the grid on the stone, the curb stone, 52? And what you're seeing here is basically it's an organized path. It's it's order out of the chaos of the of the landscape. It's bringing on control, a path, the Ankh, or the Angkor, the path of gold. And there's the comp compass, which is the angles. Remember the eyes looking each way? And that's kind of give yourself a trigonometry. You're picking two, two points and controlling your vector right through, which helps build the grid. Here you have the golden arches, but there are the paths as well. Basically, well, it's just those famous golden arches, isn't it? But here you, you see something similar. But um, and here's the Masonic Lodge layout, 
Not have a good look at it. There's the sunrise. There's the the raw in the middle. There's these stars here, and there's the entity to the northeast. There's the compass and the different parts of the grid. See the way it is. And there's the columns with the columns of smoke or fire, and you go through. And the arch, the arch represents the sun or the luminous body on the horizon. Remember, I said L. L represents that light on the horizon too. It doesn't necessarily mean the sun. It could be a star, it could be a planet, it could be a constellation. L, G means a ray or a beam. And L, Gale, remember, Gilgamesh. And this is what the arch represents typically. Is It, it represents the, the half. You see half of the, the atom, the circ, full circle on the horizon. Here's one you'd know of in the States. There's a, about uh, um, um, Kamala Harris. And see, she's in the White House walking between the two columns on the grid. Nothing odd to see there, is there? No, this, all this is amazing. Like I'm, I'm just sitting here again with my, my jaw dropped. Um, Cause for, for the listeners that, that are listening to this on audio, this is good. You're going to have to go on YouTube and, and, and really watch this because this is a beautiful presentation, um, very visual. Uh, when you when you look at what I'm looking at right now with Kamala Harris, uh, both of her feet are on black uh, squares or diamonds, and this this layout refers way back to that stone with the same uh, grid markings um, and how it's tying into now Freemasonry and how you're breaking down Gilgamesh is maybe wasn't really a person, but, but a, a, a way of, of going about your journey in your life. And one thing I, uh, I wanted to back up um, and just briefly uh, touch, touch back on um, when uh, the, the snakes were eradicated from, uh, from Ireland. Uh, I, I, I know this um, because of you and, and what have you, but could you just maybe explain to, to my audience um, a little bit who the snakes actually were? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so, you know, the story of St. Patrick and he's supposed to have driven the snakes from Ireland, but there's no record of snakes ever actually been, no fossils, no nothing. There never was snakes in Ireland. In fact, some, say that maybe St. Patrick wasn't a person, although probably likely was a leader, maybe it was Patrick, but they were more of, he, he was head of an elite Roman, holy Roman force that came on a mission. And they say some of the, one of the greatest purges in history was actually of the Druids and the high priest. So we had, we had Akhenaten and the royal family and his father to, and, and basically um, the royal family is something similar to England, I guess. You had parliament or the, the high kings or the high kings, the high, sorry, the high priests uh, were effect. The high priests in Egypt were druids, I believe. And the same type of druids with the same uh, esoteric knowledge or solar, solar knowledge, um, almanac knowledge as they did the druids in Ireland. And so the Romans, um, Caesar and all they they totally destroyed slaughtered in Anglesey there was a, a massacre of druids trying to flee and make their way I guess back to Ireland um, 
But what what happened is, and then you had the Holy Roman Empire, and they came to get rid of the the druids or the the serpents or the the snakes, and because that was they were the ones with the knowledge of the path or how to create the path. They were ones with the ancient knowledge, and I guess it was an early version of burning the burning of the books, and except it was quite literally burning people or druids, and so the serpent represents the path but also represents the people of the path and they were always really associated the the, the gray matter of that was in fact the druids and that's possibly what happened there they came to ireland and they literally and by all accounts it was quite brutal it wasn't a nice picture we imagine Christ, christendom when it came into ireland that you know there's stories of, of kids being lined up and burned in front of parents if they didn't convert to christianity so you know, it's um, we we tend history tends to paint over and patch up na the na nasty things that um, you know, there's no record they were violent either. You know, we again nobody was there, but I think what I'm showing you is uh, that when if one thing was different, it's quite possible everything was different to how we knew it. Yeah, yeah it's fascinating. And another quick question, because I'm I'm sure this this episode people are like what ghost why aren't you asking more questions why aren't you asking more questions trust sure. me i don't need to ask the questions he the 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 answers will come but i i did have just one more and what was the significance of the apes being found in, in okay uh, so you've seen a reference to thought uh thought was the calculator the intelligence the one who worked out the angles and you know the the one that set the plan. Thoth was the the brains behind the Egyptian deities, and Thoth is repre represented by the ibis head, you know, the man with the ibis head, um, but also is represented by a baboon. And so, you know, if you've seen possibly a baboon, you know there was a controlling mind possibly if someone was buried with a baboon they were probably considered a controlling mind or someone who mapped things out or who who had the plan generally the govern you know governed or they were the advisors or something so that's that's the significant of thought the other thing is ireland is very high in the latitudes it's about 54 degrees north and the highest you closest is maybe 1500 miles away south uh, that you would have found Barbara's ape before. Maybe Gibraltar probably is the furthest north you'd get. So they did. They weren't natural. They wouldn't have survived in the climate. Um, well, not not without being domesticated at least. And so one one may be an accident and find it in the tomb, but to be buried in two places in Ireland unrelated suggests that there was more of a, a cultural thing than a, a once-off occasion. Um, Again, with the necklace on the boy, a young boy dressed in a necklace identical to Tutankhamun's is, you know, there's coincidence, I suppose. There's many coincidences, as you'd see, um, and it'd be hard to dismiss. So, yes, the baboon is is a representative of uh, an animal that represents a toast. Okay, makes, that makes, makes sense now. Um, I will... Uh shut up again and oh, let you no let worries. you continue yeah, jump so. in anytime because i know i guess it's all in my head and it's a uh, it's uh i you know i assume 
everything is straightforward, but it's you know there's there's a lot I guess in into it, and I forget that I was I had to to learn it too as as I went on this journey, and that's exactly right. what it was. But so yeah, so we were here, and you see you see the columns, and remember the different ways, and you have the the eye and the compass, and you have the um, I guess the dark here could represent Saturn. I'm not sure. Um, and there is the the columns again. You can see that this isn't an accident, is it? This was released. Actually, you can see this was a tweet herself, wasn't it? She tweeted herself doing the walk, so it's pretty clear it's not a it's not, um, an accident. Um, then you know during this crisis we had advice given and if you just look at the layout you have the three people um obviously in the center tells you who's the word um i'll explain that later here's the semicircle that's half of the atom that's the the sun on the horizon and these are the columns what you're seeing here is they're showing you the path really aren't they so i guess the easy way to explain is look on the top you see the triangle so what that represents is the trinity you have on the left is sunrise. And as the sun moves through the sky is Ra, the Holy Spirit, I think, or God. And then um, then you have at this point is sunset. So Osiris dies in the end. Set dies. It's the, it's the death of the sun. And you see you have the three here representing the same, same scenario. So I'll give you a quick... Breakdown, I guess, is that so with the Ice Age, as I said, it ended. You had quite a heavy weight of ice on the Northern Hemisphere, even the North American, most of all, as far down as in, well into the Midwest, you had a sheet of ice. Um, huge weight on land. And I don't know if you had a, if you've ever seen a football or a soccer ball, as you call it here, if it was punctured or that as a kid. And, you know, you dented, the ball is dented, and you, you, as a kid, you used to try and push out the dent and, and push in somewhere else. You, you could never get it round perfectly. And the earth was the same. Once the weight came off, the land would have rose. But for that to happen, the land must have sunk somewhere else. So there's lots of legends in Irish folklore, which I grew up with, um, where um, you you learnt of lands were always told about. So, so this ancient story of Ireland is the first people were the Fomorians. The Fomorians were tough people and uh, they were harsh and brutal. And I guess they were hunter gatherers. And then this legend has, you had the Fir Bullog. And the Fir Bullog were again, equally tough and harsh. But you had from a distance, the Tuajadanam, and these were the mystical people, and they were the knowledgeable, educated, technical people, and they looked and they were peaceful, but they seen and didn't like the way the Furbolog were treating their their people, and they invaded. And it's the fur, it's the Tuajadanam are the people who were supposed to build the passage tombs. So if you put it in context, that's that's five thousand BC. So you you that's that's the Tuajadanam. And then, then there's a story that Scota came about 2700 BC, according to, to legends, if you work it out that way. And um, she married Miles of the Milesians. He was the king of Spain. And he invaded Ireland. And the Milesians um, 
basically outnumbered the two of Jadana, but they'd had a truce and a deal. And the Malaysians were Malaysians were allowed to they ruled the land, while the two of Jadana were allowed to rule the underworld. And that was the deal that was struck. So there was four invasions of Ireland. Um, and Skota, when she came with Miles, Malaysians, she she um, was supposed to have taken her tribe of, of Irish, and they were the Scotty, and they went into invaded Scotland, and, and that is where the Scotland gets its name, is from the Scotty, or the, the Irish tribe of Scotia, or Scota, who was a, an Egyptian princess. That's how the legend goes. Um, and Miles and Nile, the Nile wasn't always called the Nile either. Um, and so uh, it got its name, and the and legend has it that the northern half of Ireland was ruled by the O'Neills, or Nile of the Nine Hostages was their protege. And there's something like three million people are directly direct descendants of Nile. Um, but he was the first, um, and possibly with the Nile, that's its name. So they, again, it's thesis. It's, but um, if you look here, this map you see, you see Brazil. And actually, that's where Brazil gets its name from, this mystical island that appeared off the west coast of Ireland um, right up to the 1870s. It was an all-European navigation of maps. And then below it, you see Limor, or Limor uh, south. And I'll show you something on a map that will... So, so what happened is sea levels rose with the melting ice, something like 135, 140 metres. That's what they reckon with the melting ice. But you also had massive seismic activity. Um, and so you would have had tsunamis, because the land would have been rising. Scotland and Northern Ireland are still rising. Scotland is rising by about half an inch every century, still after the Ice Age, uh, from the melting ice. And so the Mid-Atlantic has sunk. And there's lots of land that was most likely, so in fact, it's hard to believe it wasn't um, above sea level. Uh, back about even even 3000 BC or 4000. But all the legends, the Chirnanog was the legend I learned, was the people of Chirnanog, the land of the young. Um, Chir is country or land. And uh, Og is young. And they came from the west or the north. So all these stories come from the west or the north um, for mother lands. And there's four main islands that they spoke of, and I can see of two. The others I'm not sure of. And, so, so Goblet Tepe were the farmers, and they were about 10,500 BC, and there's some megaliths, amazing megaliths in Turkey. But those people moved, some moved directly through Europe, populated Europe, and some went west in through the Mediterranean and out probably through the Gibraltar and disappeared. So these people disappeared from 10,000 BC right up to, and appeared again in Ireland at 4,800 BC. Where they went, you can only speculate, the Americas, all around the world, um, possibly. And probably that was the real golden age. Um, so that's why I guess I'm showing you that. So with all the other knowledge then, you had the disk and the navigation. And um, so they knew how to navigate. Um, and uh, now you see that symbol everywhere. So you'll see a solar disk. Or here now is the Great Reset. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with the new economic plan, which I don't remember voting for, but you see it's represented by a solar disk or a Malta cross. It's kind of very clear to see there. Um, 
So remember the story I told you of Osiris and Set. And you'll remember I said that Isis was devastated and she put them back together. And there you have sunrise at Newgrange on the 21st of December, on the winter solstice. And there you have Capricorn, the horns, rising. So Capricorn, was you've seen, was, is, is Osiris, is represented by the Capricorn, the horns. But look at the sun, and look at Venus, and it's widely accepted Venus was Isis, or Isis was a, a personification of Venus. And look at the sun in the loins of Capricorn, just like a golden penis. Um, just like Isis did for Osiris to fashion it and give birth to the new day Horus. Um, so I, I picked, I got a um, Solarium, um, a good, an open source app, and I, I, I learned a lot of the constellations because I couldn't find. I was it was easier to do that really than to uh, to try and get someone to explain it to me. So, but you can see it's quite useful. And so I told you about Scota. And the reason, um, the reason the pharaohs wanted to go to Ireland is this. You have the hill of Tara just south of Newgrange. And the hill of Tara is massively significant. So Ireland, as I said, in ancient times, was made of four main provinces and one small province where the, the drop pin is right there. And that was Tara or Mead. Mead. And Tara, hill of Tara is on the top. And it was, um, it is where the high king, the king of kings was, and it's, it's, in, it's in actually rings. Um, and he was coronated at Leofall, the Stone of Destiny. And so I just used the same map and I says, well, let's set. So the followers of Akhenaten, when he was kicked out of Egypt with his half-brother, which we believe may be Moses, his father, and he disappeared. The followers were not happy that being kicked out of Egypt, and they didn't like the high priest, because effectively it was the monarchy being kicked out by government, wasn't it? That's what happened, except it was the, the high priest or the druids kicked out the, 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 the monarchy or the pharaohs. And the followers, the monotheists, you know, the Atonists, the ones who worshipped the sun, did not like it. They wanted atonement. They wanted revenge for for this uh, act, this treasonous act. And it, 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 it obsessed their religion. Now, remember this, they had the esoteric knowledge or the old solar knowledge. And, uh, you know, and obviously uh, Skoda was before, but uh, Akhenaten had a daughter, Tefi, who's believed to have headed back. And there's a coronation store, the Stone of Destiny, and it's believed that the stone of destiny was stole from Tara, but there is a stone. The Leah Fall is still there, so it doesn't make sense, or it didn't make sense until now. But so I said, you see the bright uh, reddish orange line, the, the darkest one, sorry, and it goes up to the northwest. That is sunset on the summer solstice. Now remember, the people who were kicked out, the Atonists, the uh, of Akhenaten, the monotheists, they did everything opposite in rebellion, in revolt against the, the high priests of Egypt. Remember the religion in Egypt was about the sunrise. We've seen recently the Valley of the, the Avenue of Sphinx in Egypt was celebrated, reopened, which is just the lines, Sphinx is lining an avenue into Karnak. 
and that was a significant down 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 near Luxor, in Luxor, and it was all it's dedicated to sunrise on this winter solstice. So the ultimate two fingers to the high priest in that way was instead of worship, worshiping sunrise on the winter solstice, was would be to worship sunset on the summer solstice. And set, Satan, Saturn, that is where all these words come from, the devil, Satan. And so I set that line and I had a good look at it. And then when I did look at it, I realized that uh, it was quite um, an eye opener because it followed and it goes up and it cuts through near my home place, but it cuts through the border. And I had another look at it close up and I seen, so it's about maybe maybe 90 miles away from, 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 uh, from Tara, maybe 100, 90, 100. And for almost four, four miles, the sunset line from that, where the high king is coronated. And this is what the pharaohs wanted to go back to Ireland for, was to be coronated rightfully in the homeland. They seen it as their homeland, according to legend. And there's the sunset line, and there's the border. And the thing is, if I told you to go out there and go walk away 90 miles away and then spray a line that lines up with me and sunset on the summer solstice, I think you can get quite a significant uh, number of people, in fact, the whole planet, to do it many, many times and you still wouldn't achieve it. That's, and this border was drawn up in 1921. So that uh, tells you that... Uh, it's not really an accident, is it? Possibly. Maybe. Now, if you look at the... I found a henge as well. Accidentally, I found one henge, which I'll show you on the map, we'll see it later. And I found this henge was 40 kilometers, nearly 30-odd miles, 32-mile diameter, which make it the largest henge by a factor in the world. And it goes through in a skill and it goes through a number of places. And one that gives the game away was St. Patrick, who's supposed to have come to Ireland. And he came and he destroyed what was known as Crum Crua and a sub God's 12. And it's near where I grew up, right beside it, in fact. And um, he was the sun god. He was not just any sun god, he was the blood sun god, the sun god of sacrifice. And to the sun, the blood sun is the sunset. And you can see the sunset line cuts through it nearly as well. And how I know when I found this accidental circle is it cuts through a church. And that church is on the Holy Trinity of Crom. And you know what the Crom is on that thing. And I checked the old maps. So the earliest books wrote by the monks. But remember, the monks didn't fully convert. They they still held on dearly to the mythology of, you know, of, of, of pagan Ireland. And they mapped and they, and they were fantastic for the records. They still didn't fully, remember there was a split, a fight between Rome and Ireland on the calendar on Easter. So the Rome, Holy Roman Empire was, was quite a big battle because um, a lot of the education came back from Ireland into, into England and into Europe during the Dark Ages. So on the calendar, Easter was a month earlier in the, the Irish end and the English end of the the uh, Christian calendar. And so these monks, they weren't entirely allegiant to Rome. They still had the old knowledge. And they mapped this out. But up here you can see, if you look up closer, and you'll see that um, 
uh, when I get there, just up where that massive hinge, and you can see that it is in fact it's called the plane of adoration. And you can see the hinge here, small one, in the middle of that bigger, big one that I found there. And I thought to myself that that that's now this this is a map that's drawn up off the knowledge of that book, um, and uh, you can see it's in the the old province of, of Brefni and the O'Rourke's, the Rhiney, Rhineys and the Cassidy's. These are the names of the Cum. You may know them in America, those surnames. This is where they come from. It's Brefni, and now it's Cavan, Leitrim, and Fermanagh. Not then it wasn't. And it's the plain of adoration where they worship Crom. And so I was at home from England. I went over to Ireland during August. I probably wouldn't get there now, but. Um, and I didn't, at the center of this huge hen, there's nothing on any map, nothing. My brother-in-law lives two miles from this. I grew up two miles from this. He didn't even know it existed. And I went up and looked on top, and there you have about 20,000 tons of rock. And it's a massive, there's about three of those rings. This is the big one. And you can see the standing stones inside. I remember Crom had his sub-gods 12, which most likely were the zodiac. And he was the sacrificed god. But also, I believe, there was lots of, see this stone down here? All around you found tables like this. Now, it could have been something very dark. And remember, in those times, if you, you know, they worshipped God and did all good things and the weather went bad. And then they did bad things and the weather went good. So there was no rule. It was totally, you know, they, they believed uh, Baal or, or, or Krom. Uh, or Sarnath, as it later came to be known, uh, um, didn't care. And you just did everything, good and bad, and if you liked it, you liked it. So, yes, they sacrificed a lot of animals and indeed people. And these tablets may, tables may, you know, they're quite, you know, they're large, they're a couple of ton each, all laying out. And, and, but the other thing I thought is maybe not only that, but possibly this was a massive solarium. Remember the crosses, the big wreathed crosses could have been laid on these tables and they literally mapped out the sky. And this could have been one of the original, if not the original um, mapping. In fact, it mapped the whole grid all the way to Egypt and everything we know now. And this could be the origin of it. But not nothing. Look, at that's a large structure not to exist. And just to put in the context, this is Northern Ireland here, the ring, the stone. And see behind the trees in this field here, that's that's the Republic of Ireland. So you have the euro and you have pound sterling. That's how close they are. It's 100 yards apart. It's right on the border. Massively significant. Um, and the story of a, a racehorse um, that was buried in, or kidnapped and died, we assume, in the, in the early 80s. And it was called Sugar. So that henge, I decided I'd map it on the winter solstice, north-south. I did it and pulled it, I pulled it back in so you can have a look at it. And um, the funny thing is, where I grew up, we all kind of knew where this horse was kidnapped in, roughly, not exactly. But you never opened your mouth because you were afraid this is the time of the troubles. <laughs> Something bad wouldn't have, would have happened to you if you'd opened open your mouth and anything like that. But, but we all kind of knew the area. And and um, you can see here, here's Pegasus. See where Pegasus is? And if you look at the henge, 
that is the area where we all reckon Shergar was buried. The most expensive race horse in the, horse in the world at the time was kidnapped and buried there. So you can, you can imagine yourself what that may or may not have meant. Again, it's a coincidence, I'm sure. Um, and here's Cernos. And Crom came to know Cernos. And the word chrome comes from Crom. Um, um, and chromium. All other nefarious terms, and uh, I guess uh, I'm not mentioned another certain hormone. Uh, um, but, uh, and this is the blood sacrifice. And, and you can see the early CERN was an antlered god. And there's the serpent, see, held in one hand with the torque in the other, which is the lunar, I guess. And there's the animals that you would have had. And this is an early cast back to the time of Dagda, um, who was supposed to have built, mythologically built that new branch of the two of Jadan. Um, and came, again, the horn god of Cern, that's his, his or Kram, became Cern. And the oldest map, again, I'll find the 1830s map I referred to. Here it is here. And this is the border now, this ridge. And there, you see is the peak, but there's no, not even on this old map. It's like, it's taboo to even mention that there was a henge there. But look at the name of the mound, it's Green On. And Green On is of the sun, or so, from the sun. And probably the color green gets its name from this because it was, it's only green if it gets sun. It's Green On, it's from the sun. And that's why it's green. And if it doesn't get sun, it dies. And that's what green is the sun. So there's interesting in itself. And as I was looking to the northeast, I still couldn't work out what was going on because the times are wrong. And um, But I did look at sunset on the summer solstice, and you can see all the, the usual campaigners of set and Satan. You have Hydra, you have Secant, you have Leo, you have Lynx and Gemini, Cancer, all of that for the, the sunset on the summer solstice. That's 3300 BC. I looked at the Sphinx. And it's facing east. So I said I'd line that up and set it for the winter solstice or the March summer um, March solstice. And then I pulled it and I seen that actually on the winter solstice, I set it up and I found that you had to go back to 33,000 BC because we know that Leo or the Sphinx was originally a lion, wasn't it? Um, and it would have, kept looking to the east, it's with sunrise. So I says it's logical to assume that when does when does the sun rise with Leo? And that's how far back you have to go on the winter solstice. It's, it's 33,000, 30,000-odd BC. Maybe 29,000, some people speculate. The other thing from Newgrange, when you look to the north, northeast, you look high, the winter solstice, you have Hercules, the constellation. And also in the same line, you have this. This is Fingal's Cave off the, the, in the Hebrides of Scotland, the west coast of Scotland. And it's just across the sea from the Giant's Causeway. These are possibly the Pillars of Hercules, which Plato said was the entrance to Atlantis. Um, and there you have the two. This is the Giant's Causeway. And this is Fingal's Cave. And then the entrance to Atlantis. It makes sense. In fact, as was now, it's a good time when J.R.R. Tolkien of Lord of the Rings was asked, oh, that's a great story you made. He says, that's, that's no story. He says, I translated books directly. 
yes, it says I made the characters fanciful and almost mythical, but there were if there was a true story, he reckoned. And he got angry. He used to get angry. I've seen an effort, but uh, he reckoned that it was, if you look here, that just here was probably where, um, if you look at some of the maps, before the sea levels rose, you could literally walk from Ireland and across an estuary to Norway, into Scandinavia, and you could walk right into the continent. And he reckoned this was the Shires there, that part of Scotland, between Scotland and Ireland, before the sea levels rose. And I guess St. Patrick again was famous for the shamrock. Remember I showed you what the Trinity was. And this is how he or they explained the Trinity, three, three gods in one, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's there you have three and one. In reality, the Trinity is the sun in three phases, at sunrise, middle of the day, and sunset. And all the symbols that come from this through time. And then, now, of course, the with, yeah? the with the shamrock, was, was it you that was telling me that um, four-leaf clovers aren't really a thing? Like... Uh um, not, uh, well, they say a lucky four-leaf clover. It's lucky to find one. You don't find them, but it's 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 a, it's a mutation. So if you find one, it's really rare. So it's okay. luck. All right. Uh, All right. But it, uh, shamrock is a clover. It's in the clover family as well. Okay. Right. Um, but I reckon, like, that's only estimation is that the three the trinity, basically. That's what the shamrock represents, the trinity. Okay, I'll shut up again. <laughs> no worries, no worries. No, ask, jump in any time, ghost at all. Anything you, 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 you find or think that works, just, just or anything that you... Because I, I, as I say, I'm so used to going through this that I forget that something... Well, actually, I do, I do have uh, a slight question because <clears throat> you were talking about Horace and how we got hours. Uh, mm -hmm. What, in your opinion, is the correlation between Horus and Kronos. I know they're two different... Um... Well, Kronos came with the Greek. Yes. But I think Kronos is... Uh, I think Kronos is because Krom, Krom did mark the Zodiac, as in Krom, chronologically. And I think it's a Greek, it's a, a, morph, a morphic term for Krom. So Krom is about five five and a half thousand maybe six seven thousand years old okay and chronos came much later so i believe that it more for cern and chronos they're all of the same um the same origin and if i'm not mistaken um in your and i'm hoping i'm not jumping the gun on anything but in your research civilization in 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 what you've discovered actually started in in ireland i don't know if it, it it started i'd say this eon started but if anything like so 5000 bc people came they came from somewhere that could have been the americas it could be the mid-atlantic it could be africa it could have been around the world um there's a gap of about 5000 years between say anatolia which is uh, turkey southern turkey the main body of turkey Asian continent, but um, and that's where you've all that, and then then that's about 10,500 10,000 BC ish. They disappear, you have the onset of farming just shortly afterwards, and then on the west coast of Ireland, they arrive and they 
from somewhere, I believe, some disaster. Okay. And it, to me, it gives credence, if not Atlantis, definitely a sophisticated people that came from somewhere else. And, uh, um, and but the eon as we know today, this epoch of time, yes, it, it, it began, it began with the landing, the landing in um, the two of Jadanan, I told you with this mystical people to the west, right. these probably were. Myth, mythology says they landed right up actually in that they landed on ships from the air. This is literally how it's translated. They came in the air in ships mm. and landed on that mountain, one of the mountains beside the, the big henge I showed you of Kukram, and they burned their ships. And this is who they were. And some, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stories you could assume with that. Right. But that could have been a, a, a tsunami. It could have been, and they burned the ships to keep warm. Or, you know, you could have more kind of extraterrestrial views of it if you wanted as well. But right. that's, that's actually, actually what the Book of Invasions, which is the earliest record of the, the old folklore, the written record. But okay. most of the stories are learned orally, which I learned a lot of them orally, handed down. Um, all the stuff I would have got. Now, there was one other thing with sure. when you were showing the, the pictures of Gilgamesh and uh, the two half human uh, beings on each side. Now, yes. is that where maybe um, they got the story of the Nephilim out of the out of the Bible? Uh, you know, the Nephilim are supposed to be, you know, these taller beings, but they were angels that came down and mated with human women and created these Nephilim. Nephilim or Nephilim or however you want to call it, is that kind of um, maybe where that could have came from or vice I, I versa? I think it's a good possibility. So I, I would I'd propose that, as I said, if you're told something enough, you start to believe it, and if you're told you're you're not you're not God like us, you're not nothing like us, you're a half you're a half breed, and you're told it enough times, you begin to believe it, don't you? So imagine these people with more knowledge. They probably look down with contempt almost. Imagine right. they've lost their their birthright, their fabulous place in another land, and they have to live in 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 you know the sticks, primitive. Go back to like Planet of the Apes scenario, mm -hmm. um, and they look down on those they were around. And so you know, um, I believe that Nephilim probably were these people as they landed on their ships. You know came in to the savages the hunter gatherers and they could farm and were sophisticated and had calendars and could predict the celestial move bodies movements and all these wonderful things and then you had guys who ran around scantily clad uh hunting with spears deer and maybe boar okay. so you could you could imagine it's more of a metaphorical thing than you know, I'm not, you know, who, who really knows, but it right. would make sense that that's how stories come, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so guess, in, in, in your research, have, have you come across anything that would maybe point proof that there were um, giant men or, or a race of taller, taller humans at one time? There's some uh, cairns in Ireland that are 
difficult to explain how they could have moved them even from so i guess my, what i haven't said is my background is in in civil engineering construction so you know i'm, I'm familiar i write plans i do methodologies and, you know i work with a lot of kind of um, projects um so I, I've, I've experienced it looking at some some of these uh, constructions are, are just for normal, normal people but I haven't directly, you know, bar the legends, you know, Finn McCool was a giant, uh, an ancient mythological Irish figure. There was lots of giants. Uh, Pooh Holland was a, you know, super god-like demi-god almost in his, his athletic and warrior abilities. And then the Tiernanog. The Tiernanog were um, less described as tall, but they were... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. They, they seem to live a lot longer. They were 
you could live hundreds of years and still look young, but they had immense strength. Um, and, uh, you know, there's lots of, uh, the fur bullock were kind of giants. Those were the predecessors to Jadan, big and tall. So it's, it's, it's hard to, there's lots of reference to giants, that's for sure, um, in, in mythology. But you, you don't know whether, you know, well, I'm out of the opinion now that folklore, you know, some of it's fantastic. It's probably a lot of it is more accurate than, than actual recorded history. It's just right. oral history. And a lot of the stories were, were recorded in poem and song. And it's quite quite a lot sensible way to to teach history or to care because then it was more likely to be remembered accurately if it was a song and verse or a poem. And so the Book of Invasions is mostly all poem. So it kept, uh, and the bards, so in each tribe or clan, you would have had what's called a bard. And they were responsible for learning everybody's genealogy, um, everyone's connection. They were also lawmaker and peacemaker. Um, and they would have uh, ensured that trial and, and um, it was fair trials. So, you know, a king would pay, was is on the level with the ordinary, you know, the Brehan laws. Um, so there's, there's lots of, lots of uh, recorded stuff like that. So it was quite accurate. But the, the, the mythology stuff, it's hard to know whether there were people or constellations or... Yeah, there is a lot of the stories that the bards would have told were, were about referring to giants or different people. Or, you know, it's, um, it's I'm getting a little else, feedback on your mic, Alan. Oh, sorry. How's that? Yeah, much better. Okay, sorry. No, that's all um, right. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, there is a lot of mythology, but I haven't, I haven't come across anything conclusive okay. um, yet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. Yet, because <laughs> I yeah. know that you, you ain't done researching this stuff. This, the, you know, this is the beginning of. of, of there's a lot. There's a lot picture. to tie the dots. Yeah, it's it's part of an enormous picture, and it's not just Ireland. It's everywhere. Um, everywhere has a fascinating story, and every continent. Um, well, what you see as we go. Um, yeah. Now that we we sidetrack for a minute, let's get back into it. So, <laughs> I sure. apologize. No worries. Um. So. So what what uh, you see the sunrise line from the northwest to the southeast, and I found loads of different lines that you know many and in, in varying distances apart and you know improved the accuracy. Um, I found you know I've tracked the sunset line, but I still could not work out the northeast line, and I only did that about two months ago. And and so when I div divvied it out, this is this is the line in question. I couldn't work out what these lines were that I'd, I'd found an alignment for. And they were all very accurately measured uh, at 51.26 degrees. Now, a thing to note was back, I was always looking at sunrise and the winter solstice, but actually a day in ancient times began with sunset the day before and ended with sunset. So I says, what if I look, what if I look at sunset on the 20th or just after dark? And so I did that, and I set my app, the scenario up, to, to do just that. And I set it up so that I could look at 51.26 uh, degrees. And I found this. I found that Jupiter was at that point. 
and rose on the winter solstice on the 20th, in the evening of the 20th, at about you know, quarter to eight, uh, you know, 1944. Um, actually, before that, 1942 or something. But it, it rose up at exactly 51.26 degrees. And it rose, it rises in Virgo. And then I went, hang on a minute, there's Jupiter is rising in Virgo. And I just thought, I remembered the, a movie and it was Jupiter ascending back a few years ago. And if you look at it carefully, there's a Channing Tatum and he's, he's, he's like Superman about to take off, go and ascend to the, to the right, just like the planets do rise in the northeast and move move to the to the to the to the west around the the constant zodiacs and there is uh, Mila Kunis standing there and I thought hang on a minute it's just a bit of an odd pose the whole lot but when you go back you could see clearly that uh, she's posed just like Virgo in fact, anytime you see Virgo artwork, it's always represented the same way. And there's Jupiter rising up through the east and down to the south and around to the west. And that's what we are seeing in this picture here. She was standing just to represent Virgo, the exact same pose. And he's just like Jupiter rising or Jupiter ascending even. So I got to a position where I'd, I'd, I'd worked out the two lines. So the two eyes, remember, of Horus. The dark one was indeed Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter is the father of the moon, and Saturn is the father of Jupiter. Uh, so mythology, I would tell you. Um, and then, so I'd, I'd satisfied myself that I'd found the line all the way to Stonehenge from Newbridge. So the next issue was... I'd never planned to look further. I figured someone else would do that. But one night I got bored and it got the better of me. And I said, I'll have a look at least. I just have a nosy for a minute or two. Of course, there's no such thing as that. But when I looked and drew the map out fully, I could see that it was a bit straight and jumpy. And I says, oh, this is going to be tricky doing this. Um, but remember, the lines I found on the projection on, was on a Mercator projection map which shows you Greenland is the same size of Africa. In reality, it's 14 times smaller. So the curve is a big thing, and that actually does make sense, even though this is straight. It didn't just look right. So when you pull the line straight. So I had a better look at it. I looked at the French coast, first of all, and I found to the west, I found a place that was Aubre, Aubreville, which is kind of a gold flame village. And then you have St. Martin or Bono, which is another fire reference, two churches, two old churches, ancient churches. So I thought about that for a minute. I looked and seen when I joined them up, they were quite a way off the, the old line. I looked then in France and I seen uh, Notre Dame, of course. And then as I went, uh, uh, then the next down I found just again to the west and south was Ligneur. I found an old uh, obelisk and an old fort and, uh, in Ninier. And that's what drew my attention was the name, which basically means alignment, really, in French. Um, uh, and then I found down in the town de Jean, I found Notre Dame de Jean. So now my attention was curious. I'd seen that it was to the southwest of the line. And I says, hmm. So I had a look. And I could see that um, it it didn't really work as well. 
Um, so I plotted, and you could see the lines were kind of to the south. So I, I says, right, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull the line in on top of them. Because it, what we do it in engineering today, you call it a smoothing. So you smooth the line, um, you know, railway line, for example, or motorways. You don't go with, you know, 30 degree sharp turns. You, it's smoothed you, 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 to keep it constant, steady steer. And I did the same when I pulled it in. And I looked and I was, I was much happier with that. In fact, um, I got as far as the, the Swiss border and I found two, two uh, fires either side on the ridge over Lake Geneva. And then I seen it went through a tower in Chateau Aubonnet. And Aubonnet, French, or in French means gold. And Bonnet is fire, gold fire. So I said, I'm, I'm on to something here. And then when I crossed over at the Alps, of course, I didn't go into the Alps. You get lost in the Alps with sheer volume. But I found a town or two places uh, in a village called Santia. And Santia is um, in, in Indian or Sanskrit is for moon. It basically means moonlight. Remember, New Grange is the moonlight. Is the, is the moonlight. Moonlight is effectively the reflection of sunlight off the moon. And that's where the lia, the color, comes from. Lee, lia uh, uh, in Irish means kind of the gray color of the moon or aluminium color of the moon. Aluminium. Al means color, isn't it? Uh, um, and uh, and then I guess this is a point where I, I'll jump off um, the PowerPoint for a minute. And I go straight to my map. So as I say, there was what I had found. So of course it didn't it didn't look just right. So I I um I said I would uh, I would I would zoom in and I would I'd pull the lines and I'd I'd literally put in the new line with the the new um the new um uh curvature and I I said I'd turn off these lines here because they were no good anymore. They didn't work. They didn't have that smoothing we spoke about. And here is what I found. So I have the two matches then in Santia. And you go through two old churches and then you have this anomaly here, which is a solar disk, isn't it? Aligned parallel, parallel to the line. And then over the other end, I found it went through an old uh, church tower over here, uh, San Agata. And Agata is paternal, it's father line, which is the son was the male, the father, it's God the father. eh? And as I went on through, I found uh, more. Uh, Lunigiana, again, is a moon reference. And Castag Leon. So remember, I'll come back to that actually. And then I moved down through and I got more Leon in Lion. And uh, Mary uh, Maggiora is Mary Magdalene. Uh, when I went through here, you see the old, old, um, old church tower here. And the church shape is significant. Um, and as I went down through, I found the same um, 
in many villages. There were two two fires, and it went. I pulled between them all as I went through. I'll continue on. Uh, I left. I left. Of course, I left. Uh, here's an interesting one. I left um, Italy, but before I did, I left this uh, Chiesa di Ruta. So di Ruta, you could you can interpret that whatever way you, you want. But I found that it went through this old uh, Chiesa di Ruta, this old castle, and it was it was controlled by the family of the Luna. Um, let me see if I can pull it up, or did I did I they got the old. Um, did I save the detail? No. Nope. And I, I um, yes, here. So here you had the, so look, here's a story on the Chiesa Madre Parioche Santa Maria Maggiore. So St. Mary of Magdalene, basically. But if you look, that it says, um, once controlled by the Sanchez de Luna, de Luna uh, Dragonas, Dragonas. So Dagda, you have de Luna of the moon. Teresa Sanchez de Luna married. And this is like, this is going back to um, the 11th, 12th century. And this, I, I believe that family is still around that, but they, they were the patrons of that village. And then, so they were all Luuk, Lu, Luca, you see here, and, and all of this Lu, Luna and Leone coming down. And then I noticed, so there were Leone, Luca of the moon, or and then I noticed when I got to, to Greece, I was seeing... Uh, George's fortress, George, St. George. And what did George do? He killed the dragon. And I found this point here, and it was perfectly lined with the same parallel to the to the line. And then opposite, I found this here, which is Egg Lina. And in Irish, Egg means from, from Lina, from the line beach. And of course, there's these solar disk references here. And as I go on through, then I found in the islands, um, I, I, I go through again, there's a Pangea, which will make sense in a minute, an Elias church of Magdalas. And then down on the south of Greece, I found this old fort. And it just happened to be lining up with one down here on the coast. And I found bisect those and the line was going through and this village was called Lefki and Lefki is um, is uh, Greek for Luke or Lou as well, the moon uh, ironically my youngest is, is 10 now, I named him, we both named him Luok or Moonbeam um, which is an old Irish name but we didn't realise there's it's a very rare name in fact we don't know anyone else but uh, um, it's just ironic that this whole story uh, and his name is that. And then I find George and George killed a dragon again in Greece uh, down down towards um, uh, in, in Crete. And then you end up, of course, and I pulled it all to the Sphinx because it's the oldest, isn't it? The oldest lion. Well, even though Akhenaten probably put his face on it, it was a lion before it was his face because he's seen himself as the lion, didn't he? of Egypt. So that was fine. And what we know then was that um, uh, that uh, Akhenaten, we know that rebellion. And so what happened there was um, uh, Moses went and he went to Mount Sinai, didn't he? 
and then that went back up into Israel. And I know the the Hyksos went up near Haifa, and they were 200 years before. And this is where the, you know, in about 1500 uh, BC, and Machinatin was 1300, 1335 actually BC, when he disappeared or exiled or killed or whatever. Um, but the Hyksos were left before, and they went back to Judah and Palestine, which was, you know, Israel is only a new name, actually, is Isis, Ra, and El. L meaning the light on the horizon. Um, and uh, so that was their journey. Okay. So that reminded me then, my sister, so I'll just uh, turn all this off for now. Um, my sister then, uh, during the summer, was the G7 meeting this time. And they met over here in Mount, uh, Mount Michael. Here it is. And this is where they met. and. Uh, that was the G7. I thought that funny and interesting, and um, so I looked. I looked at that line uh, in more detail, and um, so what my sister sent me was that uh, there was seven of churches, and they're all Archangel Michael or Saint Michael, Michael the Michael line. So I looked at these, and I just um, I turned them all on. Uh, I'll turn all these lights on. Sorry, bear with me. And I found that the line goes all the way from that place where the Higsaws are Haifa. And it's significant. This is where the Jesuits were formed. I think the Knights Templar arrived. And it's in Mount Carmel Monastery in Haifa in Israel. Very significant. And I also found, um, I looked at the line. And this is the Michael line, the Archangel Michael line. And it goes and it follows sunset on both summer solstice and May the 1st, you know, Labor Day or uh, Baltana. It's Baltana, Baal's fire. Is, is, is Baal's fire is the Irish for Baltana. It means uh, for May, the 1st of May. And it ends here at Skellig Michael off the coast of Ireland. Right here, the last line. And remember then I told you about uh, Skota and uh, her her line um and 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 she left and she she died up here her grave scota's grave remember she was the uh, the the uh she's buried here just next to that line and that's the michael line at the end of it from israel all the way up to ireland and it goes all the way up to here and i followed this line and it goes through a lot of forts exactly. You can see here. These are the forts. Um, and then as I moved along up, I found that it moved to here, Kinnity. And I had a closer look at it. And I seen that, wow, it was um, a pyramid. And it was built in a back garden by this English captain who was who had just returned from Egypt back in the 1820s and he built this pyramid, the only one built in recent times in Ireland. And that takes you right up. And here is here is uh, Tara, just bear with me now. I'll show you Tara. Um, here's the hill of Tara right here. And so this is where the kings were 
ordained here. This is where you're coronated, the high king, the king of kings, the king of the rings. See the rings? The king of the kings was buried here. All the others are cairns and towers that I'd found. But I looked at this and I thought, this is interesting. And then I thought, well, you know, I'll look at the rest of it. Um, and as I pulled it together, I says, okay, now there's the two, the Michael line. So I know the G7 met here, and then I said, well, let's, let's have a, a look. And there you go, what did I see? I don't know if you can see that. I'll just turn off all the, the labels, maybe, um, make it easier to see it. Um, and I'll do the same on the Michael line. Now you can see, what do you see? And I'll show you what you see. You see. I'll go back to the to the slides. Um, if I can bear with me now. I have a feeling you're going to blow my mind again. I really do. Well, when I looked at it, I seen that that shape. It was obvious what that shape is. It's infinity. Holy shit. Oh my god. There it is there. It's infinity. So to look at it, this is the Luok from Newgrange, the moon line, the Luok line of the moon, to Luke, Louis, um, through Notre Dame, all the way through France, and then it turns into the, as it gets to Greece, it's the, it's the Leone and the Lou and Santia line, which is Hindu in Italy. Um, and it's, it's the, then it becomes the Luca, and then Lefki and George in Greece, the George mm. line. And then you have Akinet and his followers leg it out here, and then they turn totally against the high priest, and they worship Sun set instead of sunrise and then you have this line that follows sunset the michael line all the way back up all the way up to here up to uh to ireland and and it it, it uh yeah it is it's absolutely mind-blowing oh um, god yeah oh. and um so when when i uh you, you can see quite clearly that it's a infinity, all yeah. the infinities, and even in the way it is, because. Uh, so, do you think that's how they got the the infinity sign? Yes, mm. absolutely. It's this one down here, roughly, isn't yeah. it? Or any yeah, of them, in the, fact. The one that looks more like a bow tie. And it keeps repeating. Look at it there. It keeps repeating. Infinity, just in fact, it's the ultimate two fingers to God in a way for the Satanists or set line because it, it it's older than God. Infinity is forever each way. Right. And if, if you look at, uh, if, if you take one half of that, it looks like the top of an, of an, of an onk or an ink. It does. Yeah. One part of it indeed. Yeah. It's on the Aten part. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, Ouroboros is the, is the snake that eats itself in a circle. Um, and here you have the dragon eating itself. 
But remember, George kills the dragon. Remember, George is the Luwak line. Right. And you have the Satan line. So, um, and then you have the, so here's the Masons. So the Masons, the Masons um, were the builders of the, 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 the builders of the dolmens, the passage tombs, the uh, henges. They were the builders of the pyramids. They were the builders of the churches all through the ages. And then you get to the first, you know, the, the 11th century, and you have Longshanks, who was Edward I, who was famous for fighting William Wallace. Um, and uh, so the Masons were building churches at uh, that time. And um, so what you've seen was, uh, you know, a baker or a blacksmith could maintain work in the same village for their life, but a stonemason couldn't. You got to build one church and you had to get lost. So the masons had it kind of tough in a way, I suppose, but they had all the esoteric knowledge from ancient, ancient times. They knew the alignments, the constellations, knew the key key elements of building and to maintain the, the geometry and all of this. And so they went from village to village. So you know, from Scotland into England and, you know, even into the continent of France and Germany and so on. Um, so they went from village to village and it was important to connect just to, you know, to keep alive and keep eating. It was important to connect with the, uh, with the local masons to get work and not to draw attention to yourself for the local, other local people who wanted to get work. So they had this secret languages and symbols and I guess the funny handshakes and whatever they had. They knew how to identify each other when they when they got around. And that continued and the churches got more fanciful in the mid 15, 1600s. Um, and of course, the, the Masons got wealthier as the churches got fancier. They were more in demand, more money. But the thing is, their kids didn't want to do stonemason and get their hands dirty. They wanted to get into the court, the mer merchant class, the legal system, medical, all trade, you know, across the oceans was opening up. And they, you know, the, the father still wanted to pass on the esoteric knowledge, but they weren't going to be masons. So they decided to let them be free masons, free of the actual toil of masonry, but to have the esoteric knowledge all the same. And that's what happened. But meanwhile, you had so so Akhenaten's followers went into Egypt, and then you had the birth of Christianity. You had the adaptation of Christianity by remember, look at the 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 line goes from Egypt up into the uh, Israel and so on, and then north of that you have Turkey, and you have the Byzantines, and Constantine, Rome, the Roman Empire was in two halves, and, and Constantine was in the eastern half, the Byzantine half. And of course, he would have been well versed in the the Atonists, and he took off the um, he took off the uh, uh, you know he took on Christianity and seen the power of it, and changed the stories. And then you had the the Council, the Holy See, where they the, all the Gnostic uh, churches after him um, were kind of removed, and you had the same story going through, and then. Later on, um, you had Judaism, of course, was there much before. But again, this Atonist was much older. Kabbalah, I guess, was older than the Judaism. Um, and so what happened was, um, in time, you had the Judea Judaism spread out to Europe, much as Christendom did. And you, in the six, uh, 1600s or um you had um, or 15, 1600s, yes, you had Sebi, Sebi Sabatia. 
and most 60% of the Jewish people in Europe believed he was the Messiah. You know, he was definitely the Messiah. And he did something quite incredible. He changed his religion. He changed to Islam. As you can imagine if you believe someone's the Messiah and then he changes your religion, you're just, that's unbelievable. And he believed that people needed to see the virtue in evil. You couldn't understand true virtue and good if you didn't understand the virtue of evil. Um, but when he died, and maybe 80, 70, 80 years later, then another man came along, uh, Jacob Franks, and he was, a, he was a pure, what you would term today's, or more recognisable as a true Satanist, because he believed you didn't need to, to weigh good, bad against good. There was a virtue in bad all by itself. And he believed in the full inversion. Remember, the followers of Aten worshipped the sunset just in rebellion to, to the sunrise uh, priests. Well, what he did was he, he decided everything was inverted. So what was good was bad and bad was good. And that's exactly what he did. And uh, so, so he, um, he met a certain Mr. Adam Weishaupt in Bavaria in uh, 1670, and then we had what, backed by a certain banker, Mr. Armstrong Rothschild, to form what we now know the Illuminati. And they were in the hunt for something, some kind of society, a secret society where they could grow and bloom. And lo and behold, you had this kind of loose connection, Freemasons to the Masons. It was the perfect cover. And they infiltrated the Freemasons. So much so that the old Mason type decided to get out and move back to their own mason. And I guess both lines are kind of the Masonic. The old Masonic would be the sunrise and the Freemason or Illuminati would 100% be the Satanist. Um, now, I could be wrong on that, but that's what the evidence would lead to believe. So you had, there's the infinity again, if you can see it, the sun and moon. And you have the toad and the serpents. Do you see the serpents? The red and one is Luok, one is Satan, one is sunrise and set. The serpent is, of course, the path and the, and the people who, who generate the path. And then you have on the right-hand side, you have, um, well, I guess what could be described as Lucifer, the light, the light bearer. But Lu actually is more moon reference. And it's the light of the moon, which is the sunlight of the moon. It's a second-hand light, isn't it? That's Lucifer. Um, and then you have, there's the heart and feather, the good and bad weighing between the two. Again, it's, a, it's in the crucifix in the middle and the fire, and the two either side. It's a, there's a lot going on in that picture. And you can see in the movies today, you have the Eternals as the latest Marvel incarnation. It's, it's the... Um, you have the sky and see the circles and the arcs. Well, actually, if you put that on the ground, it'd be more like the curves you'd see through all the fort and bonfires and cairns on the ground, the ring forts. And look at the the uh, the people and look at the stalmans in the background. And this is sunrise or sunset. And this is set 7,000 years ago, which is roughly the time of these people landing in Ireland. It's all a coincidence, I'm sure. But... Now we go to what I call the Bible of, of the Illuminati. And I believe that to be the Star Wars. And here you have Ray. Remember I said Ray was another word for the ray of the sun, a sunbeam. And it's also an old Irish term for the moon. 
And here she is. She's down in the legendary uh, Jedi temple. And she's going down to find out what her purpose is. And she sees infinite number of ourselves being reflected through down near the dark pool. And the funny thing is, this movie was filmed on Inish Mikulin or Skellig Michael, the last island on the west of Ireland um, in the Michael line. They filmed the movie there. And at the end of that, you, that just eight, I think it is, you have Luke, Luke, <laughs> Luke Skywalker, or Horus, <laughs> or Luke, Luke of the moon, Lucifer. And there you see the two sons, and he's on, there's the island, the bottom left. And that's that's Inish Mikulin. Or, and then I thought about the name, Inish Mikulin. Inish's island, but Mikulin is the old dialect from Kerry. And Mick is another way of saying Mac, which means son. Mac Aline. Aline, remember I told you, was the followers. The followers of the line, or the, the line, or the followers. So the son of the followers. So Ark. Ark is actually, I'll show you in a bit, but Ark is a, is a curve, isn't it? And, and sorry, here's Neo. Remember, Neo means new, doesn't it? Uh, Neo means new. And there he's repeating things. He's, he goes to the architect and it all starts again and again and it goes through the same process. And then you have the Avengers, Infinity Wars. Look at it. And they uh, basically half the people are removed, don't they? And you have then, um, you have uh, the 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 Infinity Stones. And then uh, someone pointed out to me on a, on, a, on another group, a Discord group. Uh, Alan, it looks like look look at the Hill of Tara. Look at it again. It looks just the shape. This is where the High King of Ireland was coronated. It's Infinity. Look at the shape of it. It's exactly the same as infinity. And um, I guess this is a good point then to, to show you the middle. And so I'm going to really explore your etymology a little bit further when I go through. So here we go. And let me just uh, click on all of this. Um, so... Uh, uh this is fascinating like how how you like you brought it into to the movies so it's like they they always tell you exactly um i know you referenced uh jupiter ascending earlier and then now you brought in star wars and and everything else so it's like yeah the elite the elite obviously really do know about this history and want to keep it secret but at the same time they want to show you yeah. that they know yes they have to tell you because let me explain so remember i said uh, michael is son of the line but archangel michael well, let's look at it look at the lines they're curved in fact they're arced aren't they there are arc lines. Angel is the mm -hmm. angle, isn't it? Yeah. It's the angle. But remember, it says on means the in Irish. And gel, well, we just did Gilgamesh. G mm -hmm. is the ray of L, the light on the horizon. It doesn't say where. It just has a light on the horizon. Right. So ang angle, angel is the 
the ray of light on the horizon. So arc is the curved ray of light on the horizon of the son of the followers. Archangel Michaelin. Michael, that's now, literally what it means. You, you did just point out um, Neo from the Matrix. And yes. uh, the new movie is coming out like two days before Christmas. Um, yes, it's coming out the day after the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. Is there which would be the rebirth, wouldn't it? The rebirth. Yeah. So, so they've clearly targeted that date as the new era. Oh man. But look at this. So the center of the lines meet, and here you have a at a little old church. And here it is here. It's like the Chiesa uh, di San Pantaleo. That's the name of the church. We'll have a look at it here. I'll just drag this fella so you can have a look. See, so the center of infinity of all the big Illuminati and the big show around the world is based on this little old church here. Doesn't look much, does it? I wonder what's in it though. Yeah, it looks half run down. <laughs> yeah, but maybe, maybe that's there's a point to that. Hmm. So let's look at the the etymology. Um, and if you if you look at it, um, so when they look at the name, the Chiesa is the Church de San Saint Pantaleo. So what does Pan mean? Pan, Pan Aramic. Okay, I was thinking the God Pan, but yeah. Pangea. It means all. Mm. Remember Leo. Leo, what's Leo? Leo means lion, yeah. But let me put it to you. If you went and you remember the Leo, the constellation wasn't a lion always, it was a dog once upon a time, a big dog. Oh, really? I, mm-hmm. I and what happened is you had these followers of the line, this line, the Lucifer line, mm-hmm. the George line, the Louis line, the George line, and they go all the way and make it to Egypt. And then they see these big, wonderfully big animals with manes in Egypt. So they named them after their journey. They named them after the lion, the leon. Oh, shit. So they're called the lion. Oh, it makes sense now. <laughs> so let's look at this again with our newfound etymology. San Pantaleo means the church of Pan is all. And Neo, we now established, means... The followers are the line. It's the oh. church of all lines. Oh, shit. And where oh, is it man. beside? It's beside the town of Vinci. And who was born near Vinci? Leonardo? Leonardo. There he was born here. If you look at his little, this is where he was born. You could have a little solar disc out front, as you do. There's Casa Natalia de Leonardo. So, now with our newfound etymology skills, let us break down Leonardo. So, Leo, what does Leo now know? What do you know what it means? Lion. And which means? Line. Line, yes. Line or follower. Ardo. Ard in Irish means high. So, high line of Vinci. Hmm. 
Now, while I don't doubt he existed, I think he's very much like the manufactured band, pop bands of today or, or actors. They do what they are told. Right. In fact, it's the same as acting, isn't it? And he did. And remember, they have to tell you. So they have to maybe share certain knowledge with us. Um, and look, at here's two fires either side. There's a fort burned out to make a fire. And then you go the other side of the circle. And here you have a circle anomaly. And look, he is no different. Leonardo da Vinci, he might have been real, but he was manufactured to serve a purpose, to share certain knowledge that had to be shared. Okay. Um, he he, he um, did the Vitruvian Man and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because he, he was an, in, <clears throat> well, we were told he was an in, inventor, right? Yes. Yes. And he had ideas of helicopters, didn't he, and planes, and, mm -hmm. and then scuba, um, scuba gear, all, all sorts of shit. And he toyed with infinity as well. He toyed with, uh, you know, it's all, all that stuff. And um, sorry, I'm just getting to where we were. And he knew all those old equations, and the one that most he knew was the golden ratio, wasn't it? It was... Um, Everything he did was the golden ratio. It was uh, uh, how the body, he drew the, the just going through all, you see the connections there. It's, mm -hmm. When you see them together, it's quite profound. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but there's a logic to it. There's the Vitruvian man that he created. Yeah. The golden ratio, 1.618. He did that. Her body is uh, is more or less designed perfectly with with that golden ratio. Um, so remember the large henge up in in Ireland, Crom. Remember the big large one. On the very north, in 2013, the G8 met on a golf course right in the top of that henge. Mm -hmm. Crom's henge, Crom, <laughs> Sac oh, blood sacrificed God. God. And then you had the border where it is exactly on the sunset line. In fact, if you look at Ireland, the border where that line cuts is just like, a, they say Ireland is like a baby and that this line cuts its throat. Mm. And they meet here, the G7 meet here. And then this year they meet, there's Mount Michael, there's the G7 met in July and they light a fire there. And there's our uh, the Prime Minister of England's father, is Stanley Boris Johnson's father, and look at what he's wearing. An look at these sign. people, infinity sign, and it's a solar <clears throat> disc all in one, mm -hmm. isn't it? And, and look what's at with these, the red uh, witches? Well, they are supposed to be the um, extinction rebellion, and they throw blood on the street. But actually, you know, it's all a sh sham and a show. They're most likely witches. Mm -hmm. Satan dressed in red and they did a slow procession that was done that was taken the night they burned that bonfire for the G7 that's some fucked up shit like they put it right in oh damn so now I'm going to give you what I believe <laughs> is the reason the Twin Towers came down oh shit I'm just going to shut up right now go ahead this is the sun 
rise winter solstice between the twin towers. Okay. And um, I was thinking about that. There you had, there was, remember Glasnost and Perestroika, and you had Mr. Bush soon to take over from Ronald Reagan and uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. There's the twin towers behind. And then you see the sun looking on the destruction. Again, you've seen him before, uh, George W. And and then you've seen when it was destroyed, they rebuilt this tower, which is one world tower. And that is sunset lined perfectly through the middle of one world tower. And it dawned on me what the connection was. It was it was all a ritual. It was all a ritual, and I'll show you now why. Because when you look at the yellow line, the Lucifer or George line or Luok line, you see that they are all two fires. See? Or two fires. And in fact, if you yeah. look at Notre Dame, it is two towers or two fires. Oh, shit. And if you look. Yeah, because you have air, a fire on each side of the line. And yes. the line, you know, with, with you the, have two fires. Remember yeah. the saying I said at the beginning, mm -hmm. Intergothina in Irish means between two fires. Yeah. There's two towers again for this is Notre Dame de Jean. Oh. Maybe a hundred miles down the road. Every, every time, Alan, every time. Two towers. All the way, I found two towers on the Lucifer line, all the way down, two. And what happens? The Lucifer line. So what's happening now? Mm. Look at this. This is where the, the Jesuits started. Indeed, this is where the Knights Templar arrived and formed properly. Right. And look it out to see. And I plotted this coordinates, 33 degrees north, 33 degrees east, is exactly on the Michael line. Oh, shit. And what, the 33, when you oh. hear them all say 33? 33 degrees. From here is a vector, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. as we're going down the sunset line. It's part of the sunset line. And they're giving you a vector. Let and what's guess. the difference here? Everything here. Is just a single tower. Oh my God. So the Michael line, they set it with two crosses and they did a single tower. In fact, if I if I light them all up, I found many Michaels, but all of them are are uh, two or single tower. So basically, we went from at, at one point worshiping the sun, the light. To now worshiping the moon, representing the darkness. Now, there's the Byzantine. Remember, I said Constantine was Byzantine, mm -hmm. of Porta Panagia. Panagia was all of Earth, so it's the, the Byzantine church. So it's a power, basically, world order, new world order, and it's a single tower. And I can go all the way back up when you find on the Michael line, it's a single tower. Remember Mount Michael, the single fire they had. Yeah. 
Let me guess and that lined up with the, the new tower. In, and it ends up in here is Inish Mikulin or Skellig Michael, as you call it. And it is a single fire would have been lit down the end. And see the way this is one harsh island, believe me. When the storm hits here, you you know, pardon me, you know about it. And this yeah. is the lit of fire with a high wall to protect it from the southwesterly wind. Oh, man. To keep it lit. One fire. And so, um, so if you look, uh, uh, if you look at the towers, so you had, you had the twin towers and then you had, now you have one world tower, tower, uh, tower. and look at that. That's like the eye of Sauron. Sauron in, yeah. in, in Sauron is summer in Irish. Okay. And then in Lord of the that's, Rings. That's, yes. The eye of Sauron. Yeah. Sauron is summer or sunset. Satan. The eye of Satan, isn't it? And the all-seeing eye. And if you look at on top of the of the One World Tower, you have a solar disk. See the aerial on top and has three rings? Yeah. Or the three inverted crosses, if you look at it at a certain angle. And oh, it's man. lined perfectly with sunset. And I always look at Spotify and it's it's um it's a homage to the Illuminati. Every third song album cover is something uh something's um esoteric symbol. Hmm. And in September 9-1, the 20th anniversary was no different. Look at what you see here. You have one world tower, but it looks like it has two wings, doesn't it? Yeah. And then, and then directly. Down, upside down cross. Look at it. And then underneath the reflection. Because remember one line. Remember I said Star Wars was their Bible. Yeah. You have you have Luke Skywalker. You have Ray. You have... Um, uh, so I, one is always on top of the other. There's no, both of them are never on top. If one is up, the other is down. Alan, one I, is winning at the other. I have to give a quick shout out, and I, I think you would really dig this podcast. Um, you have to go to Conspiracy Kyle. Um, okay. He he does he brings Star Wars into modern day, like kind of what you're talking about that's their bible you know you can take any character any part of any movie and it mirrors everything that we're going through and he does such a great job at breaking everything down about it and now going back to looking at this picture you know as above so below above right looking at it you have the upside down cross one tower with a wing but below it you have the twin towers and everything that is the complete opposite of what is now standing and and the weird thing is they call it the freedom tower and freedom from what freedom from good so freedom for themselves okay yeah yeah, that too. Uh, but then everything is inverted because it's all about inversion, isn't it? Yeah. So what oh, they do well. is they destroy. So as they've been moving up the line, and they have been moving up the line, they were in the penultimate, which is Mount Michael. The only one left, which is probably now, is uh, on this, the 21st, the end of the week, is the new, new order 
you would they'll have destroyed the Luke. Remember, Luke Skywalker disappears because the bad line wins utterly. So the Satan line has destroyed the Lucifer line. So the the two the one tower has destroyed the two towers all the way. And you think of all the movies of you know the towers in the the two towers, the dark tower, the black tower, all these tower references have been this tower inferno. And then of course there is Notre Dame on fire just before all this started when the Gilets Jaunes are getting headway for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then a fire mysteriously happens in the Notre Dame and Macron is out to save the day. Another destruction of the uh, opposite, nearly the, the Mount Michael Tower uh, fire. You have the two towers destroyed. So, Unreal. So now here I thought, remember I said Sulawan is your one eye, and then I thought Solomon, one eye, and Timple in Irish. Timple, if you see it there in the bottom right, means around in Irish. Timple means around. The temple, I guess it's come there to mean temple, around. So I thought that was your eye, and actually your third eye, your podcast, and I still do think, is in fact the Solomon's Temple your own self. But I thought mm. about it. And I, I still believe that to a degree. And we've seen the two lines. One is of light, Lucifer line and the dark, Satan line. And they fight each other. And that kind of represents the chrome. Man. And now we go back to, you know, Dolmans. I'm sure it's recognizable to, to, to all your listeners. So Dolmans, yes. we know them as do, tombs, don't we? Mm-hmm. So we look at this, and remember I said, uh, so So remember these landed 4,800 BC. They were farmer people. They were, they were sophisticated. They knew how to grow, and they knew the calendars, and the moon was important, and that's how they planted and sowed and did their food. But they land, and Ireland was 95%, 97% covered in deciduous wood, oak and ash and sycamore at the time. And they land, whether it's a wet uh, temperate climate but wet all the same it can be harsh in the winter but so their biggest issue is their farmers they would have met the locals uh, the Baal type people the antler people who were hunter gatherers so they might have done a deal and got food for a bit but they were they were farmers and their biggest trouble is the weather turns bad and two issues so you have to clear the f- land to grow food and then you harvest your food, but then you need to store your food. And that's true. And you can make a nice timber wood a hut, or you could make a, find a cave and you could do and put your your food in uh, in it. And that would be may may do. But you don't just have to save your food. You have to save the seed for next year too. Because if you don't do that, you're snookered. You have nothing. Now you can't timber might be good for a home for shelter and you might get it so good but for seed you cannot get one drop of water on your seed or you are snookered it won't germinate and you're and you need to keep it oh, oh the other issue is you need to keep it out of the sun so putting it in a stone over the top isn't enough you have to surround it with stones uh, to keep the light out and there may have been mud and everything up against these as well to keep the seed dark 
And so the tomb was kind of almost like, um, well, what's a rhyme? What rhymes with tomb? A womb. It was a womb for your seed. And it was actually, they weren't for bodies, they were for holding your seed and your food, mostly your seed to keep it safe. And oh, that's geez. why a tomb was so important. In fact, look at the way they were all over the world. There you have Spain, Ireland, India, Israel. And then, and then you moved to America and we built root cellars. Well, you have, you have dolmens in the US. There's Montana, mm. um, South Korea, and you have Japan. In fact, they were like the womb, but they weren't, you know, they weren't, um, they were nature's womb, weren't they? Nature's tomb. Yeah. They, were, they were like, they were like, um, well, they were a box shape, wasn't it? They were a box. In fact, they were indeed a cube. And they were the dark cube, because that's where you would have kept your seed safe and dry. Dark, dry cube. That's what the cube was. And they landed on the west coast of Ireland, and land isn't as good as it is on the east, where New Grange is. And the land got more fertile, and they got the knack of it growing their food as they moved across the country. And uh, then they ended up with surplus food, which never happened in nature before that with the hunter-gatherers had to hunt all the time so they had time to make their 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 food so uh, to make their cube better in fact your cube was incubator wasn't it that's incubator is where you put your baby when you take yeah. it from the mother it's the artificial or nature or the or other mother um and the tomb the tomb we associated with burying didn't come to much later because they were brought the bodies into the tomb because the idea is with the solstice or the key dates that they would be born again or they'd be uh, they'd be reincarn as in a carn where they burn the fires reincarnated they would come back through the lights of the fire and that came later they wanted to be born and given life like the seed basically to be reborn in the the womb or the tomb oh my god and oh. when they got to Newgrange, <laughs> they did it even more because Newgrange, they gave it a belly and they made the earth pregnant. Yeah. In fact, they made it was Mother Nature. And if you look at the st stories, Mother Earth conceived by the touch of the Son of God through the bread, gave birth to the bread of life. I got that quote from somewhere, but look at what you're seeing here. By the touch of God. Remember the hands that were on the ray of the mm -hmm. sun. It goes through the top roof box. Into it, the middle. Invigorates the seed in the winter solstice. So that it germinates properly. And, and if you look at mother. that. Yeah. And if you look at the opening. And with a little bit of imagination. It's a vagina. Yes. And what this is. So. It is. Dianu. Uh, or Gianu. Uh, the Dianu and Diana, the, the deity of fruitfulness, fertility, the night, the moon. That is Diana. This is Diana. You were looking at it here. And we called our moon in Irish. Remember, I said another word for moon is Ray. Mm -hmm. well, Ray. And it's our moon, not the one in the sky, it's the one below, not the one above. It is my in Irish is my, my mo or my moire, 
it's Moira. And Moira is the Irish for Mary. Mm. <laughs> so none of this has to do with. And well, it's the ultimate what? inversion. They inverted the whole story. They did. And that, that is the ray coming through. And there's Tara, the Tara brooch, but the Tara brooch is the moon. Look at it. And then the spear, the, and Luog, then he, the spear then, of Luog, the moon spear of light, or the god that comes through. And then <clears throat> what's coming to mind right now is uh, Ray, a drop of golden sun. Yes. That, that little jingle. Yes. That, that you, I guess. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what they did was they inverted even the, the whole church. They inverted because the story of the, the seed, the lamb. Remember, Jesus was the lamb of God, the bread of life, they said in Christianity. And, and it was in the cube. And, and, and what it was, and remember, Messiah is the, 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 the prophet, but uh, Mespa is the, is the tower. Or is the cube is is the is the is the dark cube as well, because that's what the the cube is all about is the womb, and so what they did was they inverted the story, of, the seed and fertility, and then personified it, inverted it from matter ma, nature to matter or mother, to personified as Mary, and and literally through that church in the middle. And flipped it over from Ireland to the Holy Lands, or actually weren't the Holy Lands. The Holy Lands were that part of Meath. Hmm. And now so you have the tower brooch that represents, look at it, it's the old moon. Yeah. That was dug up very ancient. Now, and then you have the, the history of the Old Testament is the history of Atlantis. And that was a quote from Commons Beaumont, who believed that the Egyptians came from Ireland. And if you look at the word for Noah, the closest hmm. Irish word is Nua, which means new. Neo, mm -hmm. it's new. Then <laughs> it's new. Noah, Noah, Neo, are all the beginning of a new time. And look at here, is a newer boss. Noah is new, and boss is death in Irish. And who meets you in Egyptian? A new boss. <laughs> Nubus is a new death. And that new death is, is the dog head of Anubis. And then you have the Broiter Horde. And the Broiter Horde was found 100 BC. So you have Noah, or Nua, the new age, who landed on the boats in, 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 in this Iron Mountains. And you have this golden boat buried up, up in Derry. And here's one. Remember, Mother Nature. Na is de in Irish, another way for saying like on, na. And chira, chir, is country or the ground or land or the earth. De, na, chir is nature, is mother, matter. Matter is to materialize the sun, is to make light energy real and uh, matter from mother, is to make it matter and then matter nature nature mother of the earth that's the irish translation so basically the bible yes 
is just a a great story ripped off from passed down oral traditions. It, it would see when you you see that the story has been inverted. Yes, mm-hmm. and then you hear talk now that what if the god of the Bible was actually Satan because that god. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's necessarily so, want to go long, into that, but yeah. <laughs> well, put it this: one is a story. It doesn't mean there isn't a divine source, and it doesn't right. mean there is a life, life itself is divine, and you know whatever your belief system. There's no doubting that correct. And know, and something if, miraculous happens somehow, or something fantastic. And, and if the Bible is something that uh, you want to believe in, that gives you that sense of security to 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 ascend when when you you die by all means believe it if that makes you a good person believe it uh, yes and that goes with any religion i i just exactly it's and, and when it you is, start uncovering the truth like like what you've done it just it makes more sense to I guess I'm struggling for the right words to say because a I don't want to piss anybody off, but but to no, to, it's, I'm not saying this is an absolute, but there's definitely right. questions. Yes, and it doesn't challenge the divine being or no. anything of that. This just is 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 laying laying bare some 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 things we have to deal with one way or another. Absolutely, because. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying what I found is correct or not. It's just, it's a, it's a lot to take in. I guess even right. for, for me looking at even now, it's still a lot to <laughs> kind of register. This and I is... don't know. I don't know what to do with it. To be honest, it is a, it's a, it's a profound, really. It's it, profound. Absolutely, because this is now you've shown me more, but this is, I believe, the third or fourth time we've actually sat down and went like the beginning um presentations and what have you i was like you know you know i already saw this no my listeners haven't and i'm like yes i I remember this i remember this and i remember this and then all of a sudden you're going and going and going and i'm just like holy fuck here he goes again blowing my fucking mind to a point where i'm gonna go to bed with a headache but a good headache yeah, thinking about the truth and and how every government across the world somehow knows this, but wants to keep it from us, the the, the, the common people, you know. Mm-hmm. And here you are. It, it it started with one question from your youngest son, my oldest, yeah, or you, yeah, your oldest, and here you are and it just kind of like the night you know (laughs) you sat there and explained where water came from (laughs) it just that and that's what i love about you alan is you take a question and you'll find the answer but if if that answer does not fully satisfy you you keep digging until you get it and your work your work isn't done because everything that you've you you've uncovered up to this point and continue to blow my mind 
and I'm sure it's going to blow my listeners' mind. You're going to, two weeks from now, you're going to be like, hey, ghost, I found something new. And I'm going to be like, oh, Alan, what is it? And then you and I bounce ideas back and forth and da-da-da-da-da. And then I get a headache because, you know, I'm I'm more of a simpleton, but but I understand where the direction goes. And my thing is is I can't I can't articulate it the way you do, and the way you're articulating it is perfect because it leads to a way of people getting answers, but also able to research on their own, like you have, to see if what they're questioning is what you're finding, if you know what I mean. Yeah, all of us have that. In fact, that's probably, you know, when we get the other side of events today, I would like to think of a world where people people do investigate and help each other to go on their own journeys, but rather than be led down a, a garden path or <laughs> a golden path <laughs> uh, or the wrong path, let's say. <laughs> Our own path, let's say. Yeah. How about that? Our own path. But I still have more I can share. <laughs> that, right. Which, uh, you'll see. So, nature, nature, that country, mother nature. And there you have Caducus, uh, the 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 Staff of Caducus, which is the WHO, isn't it? And look at it, the rod of um, Aselpius and Caducus. And look at it, you see two serpents. Remember the paths, the infinity? There's quite a few repeating, though. And then you have the staff and you have the wings. And we established the wings early on. The angel, angel, means the, the, anga, the ray of the light on the horizon. And that the wings are in fact the cross, the original cross, the Bridget's cross, the reed's cross that I showed you at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Baphomet. Mm. And Baphomet, again, you see it there. He's he's transgender. And look at he's pointing above, as so above, as below. Remember the moon is above and the moon is below. Look at the two horns. Do you remember the horns? Remember Capricorn? Mm-hmm. Was it Isis or uh, Osiris? And look at there's the there's the 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 horns or the two horns or the two um, the two fires, aren't they? Yeah. And the sun is the fire in the middle. And actually, there you have the Pentagon is actually pointing. One is is May Day, isn't it? It's 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 pointing where I would say um, sunset on the 1st of May, and there's sunrise on the 1st of May. Mm. This one is pointing down to to to, um, to uh, winter solstice, sunrise. And this is winter solstice, sunset. Okay. And, and then here is Caducus again. Mm-hmm. And, has, and then he has breasts. And then there's angel wings or angels. Remember, Angel is mm. just telling us the light. So that's pretty much that one and not and now this gets interesting so look here you have the dragon and then the lion richard the lionheart and saint george killed the dragon don't they they're right. opposing and you have the sun 
which is in Egypt, where they were chasing sunrise. And then you have the moon, which we now know is Newgrange, which is her, and then the sun is him. And it forms the infinity. And then there's the infinity of the hill of Tara, where the king of kings is coronated. And look at it. So we're going to have a good look at this. So you go around, and it's pretty much exactly the way laid out, isn't it? This one is mm -hmm. above the other one. And it goes around and around. And what did I say the Irish for around to us? Uh, I'll come back to it. <laughs> so you've seen the picture before of the, 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 the moon and the sun. So which one is which? Well, well the bigger one the, would be the sun. The bigger one is the sun. That's right, the southeast down in Egypt. And here's the moon Newgrange up in the northwest of Europe. Hmm. See that? And what what are you looking at here? This is the moon. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the moon. And this is the 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 infinity that goes around. Remember I said to round is is chimple in, in Irish. Chimple. Yeah. Chimple. This is the moon. This is the mon. This is the sun. This is the sol. This is Solomon. It's oh. temple. Oh, <laughs> This is Solomon's temple. And here everybody thought that he actually built a big castle and it was in Israel somewhere. And, you know, oh, we got to go to Solomon's temple. Here you are showing this. Saul, Mon. Oh. Yeah, as Michael Desarian rightly said, Mono is on your own, on, and Solo is on your own. Uh huh. And and wow. do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember Star Wars again? Because we'll let I'll come back to it. So there's something very profoundly wrong here. So if I just escape for a minute. Um, and I go all the way up to Tara and I show you, okay? There's a real wrong being done, a real crime. A crime that's going to be undone and going to change the world. So this is the hill of Tara, as I said. And in it, you have... The Stone of Destiny. The, uh, wait, wait a second. There is the Stone of Destiny. And what it is, is in fact, it's a, it's a penis, isn't it? It's a phallic mm -hmm. symbol. Isn't I it? remember you and I talking about this one night. And I yeah. said, what if that it's is not... a yep. penis? Very, yep, definitely is that. And that... I have a problem with because that is here. In fact, not only did they they put the penis on the female, the Mother Earth. Literally, we've now seen Mother Earth is is Newgrange on the moon, the Earth moon, and there they've put a penis there, where in fact it should be here, mm -hmm. because the moon is male. And in fact, I worked out then. That um, I worked out too that if it was there, then on a certain sunrise, 
the shadow of the stone of destiny would shine this way. Because Leah fall. Do you know what is actually stone translated? Stone of destiny. Leah is, if you look at one translation, means stone cast. In other words, the shadow of the stone. And Leah is also the color of the gray or aluminium or the color of the moon. In fact, remember, Leah is another word for the moon. And um, as well as Ray. And, and fall is the destiny, but fall is also where the word fall comes from. That's where it's cast, but it's also phallic. So Leah fall is the stone cast shadow. And uh, what, what it is, is that it, um, it, uh, it, uh, what it is, is that it casts itself onto the moon. And what I, figured was that that happens with the with the sun calc alp app sorry is on the first of February that's when it lines up perfectly one with the other. And what's significant about that? In Ireland that is the first day of spring of new growth of fertility. And that is in fact St. Bridget's Day. Remember St. Bridget's Cross that at the beginning? And bridge is probably where the word comes from because what happens is as the sun rises, as the sun rises to the southeast on St. Bridget's Day, the 1st of February, the stone casts a shadow to whoever is to be coronated. And whoever is to be coronated, uh, the beam, the sunlight will make its way over the top and light on them. So, in fact, I said there was one stone of destiny, but in reality, there is two stones of destiny. This is the Leah Fall, and the other is the seating stone where the king which king could have been man or woman of the day, mostly men, but it wasn't It wasn't decided. The king would sit here on the seating stone and the beam of light at sunrise on St. Bridget's Day, the 1st of February, the 1st of spring in Irish tradition, the sun would come over the top of the phallic and light upon the new king on the 1st of February. And how I know this? So we all know of Braveheart. Remember I said Longshanks? And remember Robert the Bruce? Right. Um, his brother was Edward the Bruce, and he was the last High King of Ireland. He came and invaded Ireland, and there was lots of bad stories about what happened. The first scorched earth policies, famine, uh, pillaging, etc. He wasn't particularly, the stories don't bode well for him. But he died in battle against... King uh, Edward I's army, Longshanks' army, north of Dublin in February. In other words, mm. he must have been coronated just before. And what's just north of Dublin, half an hour, is Tara Hill, the Hill of Tara. So he was coronated on the 1st of February. So he knew back then, That's that was about 1300, they knew that the 1st of February 
And I think all the new mandatory stuff is coming in on the 1st of February or 2nd. Of, this The new coronated. And this is where they go on the 1st of February as the stone goes over the pins and, and lights on the shoulder. And in fact, this is what happens. The stone beam goes over the top. And it, as it would move from east to west, it would land on the right shoulder first, the beam of light over the top, and move on to the left shoulder, just like the sword does when the queen or king is coronated yes. on the coronation stone, the sword. And look at the coronation stone as the seating stone. So it was stolen from Tara, mm. and it is the seating stone. And this is the stone, the the Leofal, and it gave birth. And what actually happens is that the new king is the son of the son, and the or the child is the child of the sun and the moon. So let's go to the recent Star Wars. Who's um, who's the baddie? It's Kylo Ren. But if you change the phonics. And it's not a kicking ka, it says cha, it's children. Children oh my God. of Hans Solo and Princess Leah, which I said was another word for the moon. Mm-hmm. So it's literally telling you. And look at St. Bridget's Day is the 1st of February because the shadow and the beam bridge across the ditch between the two circles. That's amazing. Like, and there you can see there's two meters which would work out exactly for the pitch of the sun between the two. I took a section elevation to see how that would work. And I did it from the coast. And there's a rise up. So this is an island, Hoth Island here. But either side of it, the sun would easily pitch up at about eight degrees. And so it's not quite, it's about 1.43 meters but it would light up onto the other. There's tar up at the top here. So it's quite a difference. Um, and so finally, this is a... Um, so, so basically, that stone needs to move back to the right circle. And the coronation seating stone needs to be moved back into the moon circle. And then we need... For everyone to know that, is to know that we've been lied to on everything and that we are utterly and profoundly controlled. So I'll show you, I'll just escape and I'll show you one thing that is equally. So so let me show you this. So the Queen came to Ireland and she visited down here to Cashel. She visited. Um, she visited uh, uh, what we call. Bear with me. Is the the rocket cache? Yeah. Oops. Right there. It's just uh, been a little glitchy on me. And when I looked at it, here is the the rocket cache. So let me just turn on the points. Um, 
So it's in here. Uh, cash it is in here. There you go. Uh, nope, sorry. It's um, here's cash it. And let me tell you about this place. Here is the rock of cash it. So she, her whole family, since the formation of the Republic of Ireland, since the cut the throat of the baby child that is the shape of Ireland, uh, the formation of the state. Um, no royal family had been until she came in about 2013, about the time of the the um, uh, the uh, G8 meeting in 2013, thereabouts, plus or minus. And she had to go to the Rocky Castle. And the Rocky Castle is where the High King of Munster, which is the south of Ireland, is coronated. And I thought about it and I said, this is very interesting. Um, I said I'd have to I have to look at that. I said um I just bear with me telling it all of this up to speed. So I, I I just thought it was was strange. Um so there is the rocket cashel. For some reason it's not we turn off all the points. My map is acting strange. <laughs> um so I, d I did. Um, this usually happens when you start getting really close to the truth. Well, there's the rocket cache. So I says I draw a circle and uh, I pulled a circle and I says, I bet you this splits the two lines. And I pulled it down to make a tangent on the Michael line, as you can see. And I says, I wonder, does it hit Tara or Newgrange on the other end? But it doesn't. It goes in the middle. In fact, when I looked at it to see where it went to, and I zoomed in, this is a landfill. This is a landfill in uh, Mead uh, for recycling, owned by the state, okay? The council or the state. And I looked, they have a mound here. And this is what I've seen. That 200-mile diameter circle cuts through this anomaly here. Oh. Do you see it? Yeah. Exactly. Which is just, if I turn it off, look at the lines. That's the circle. And then I did a line. Uh, it's a compass. And I pulled that line there. And where does it go? It goes right back to Tara. Oh, my. And then I says, I'd have a look. At this line, so I says, well, do you know what? When I'm at it, I'll pull a line from Newgrange through Tara, and it shoots on down here. And last year, on the 3rd of March, the 3rd of the 3rd, 2020, there was a, vi a visit, an unusual visit, into this little national school here, right on this line between Newgrange and Tara, little children's school you can see it here tiny little school and who visited them William and Kate what does that school of Dun Dunsay Dunsany Dun it's the name of the village okay County Mead and that's where they visited <laughs> on hmm. the line so there's this saying out there, and and I'll butcher it. So I'm just going to put it in 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 ghost terms. Uh, the people in control of power 
rely on astrology and, and astro, astro theology. And the people that are going to get rich think about it or, or something, you know what I mean? So all these world leaders and especially over, over there with like the queen who, you know, is German from descent, not really English at all. Uh, but all these, all these world leaders and you could even tie Joe Biden into it as dumb as he, he, he fucking well, I have and, tied, I've you, tied him into the G7 in Mount Michael. Yeah. They know about all this shit. But I, I'd say a, on their minders, handlers do. They're okay. only puppets. Right. Yeah. So there could be that excuse that they don't know. They're just doing what they're told. Right. But at, at, at the end of the day, it's getting put right in front of our face. Yeah. And, 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 and if you would have never presented this to me in, in or, or my audience, n- nobody would ever think to look at it in, in that aspect. Yeah. And, you know, there was a saying, you know, symbolism will be their downfall. You know, that whole Q-tard thing, what yeah. have you. But it, in actuality, it, it, everything that they do, that they do symbolize and go to these ancient places, and it, it's for a reason. And yeah. they believe in that reason because, th- in my mind, in a yeah. in a good way that is the actual truth you know you, you have the the line of michael and the line of yeah um but yeah it's it's just i i, I don't even know what to say like <laughs> just sitting here i'm like i have so many yeah. questions but my my brain cannot even yeah it it wants to spit out 17,000 questions in no yeah. order at all. You know what I mean? What's William and Kate's children's name? What's their two boys' names? That I don't know because I don't pay attention to them. Well, I didn't, but I do now. Do you know what their children's name is? Hmm. George and Nui. Oh, my. Oh. Do you know who created Star Wars? George Lucas, George Louis, mother fuckers. So, oh so God. that that is a massive task, and there, so they went there. They probably were up at Tara that night, sunset, to get coronated William to be the new leader. Uh, Unbelievable. And uh, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll continue, I guess. So um, there's no doubt that that it needs to. It need. So the mission, the mission is that stone needs to move back to Tara. In fact, so so there's a legend that says when. So it's a book. I think it's the prophecy, Book of Prophecies of Burkhan. 
which is of, of the High Kings of Ireland and Scotland. And the prophecy is a couple of thousand years old, I believe. My brother read it maybe 10 years ago or so. And what it says is that when the sword of light, the spear of Luok, Luok, spelt like my son, is found. When the Leah fall, the stone of destiny, is found. Well, I found we found it. We found the two of them. There's two, not one. One is the phallic and one is the seat. The sword of light is the current the coronation, the light over the Leofall, the shoulder to shoulder. That's the sword of light to coronate. When the spear of Lug, Luog, which is the spear of light, goes through the light roof box of Newgrange, and it goes in to the pot of Plentiful, is the cube of Newgrange. When are, those are found, the world will be freed from slavery. And it will be found by a son of Brefni. And that's where I was born. Mm. Oh, now, now I see where you were. Oh, man, so you I, hinted at so much over the past few months. And oh, yeah, I have no words out. Like, that's the prophecy that I listen. I don't, I just want them, I want it over. Right. Uh, that's all I want more than all of us. So I'll go to one more thing now. It's amazing how they they just hide this shit. Yes, it really is. So now here you have the two arcs. The two arcs, remember, it's a promise to repeat, 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 isn't it? But actually, what they are is the two arc angels, angel of the covenant. They're the Arcs of the Covenant. <laughs> and there is the sun and the moon. And what they do is bridge on, say, Bridget's Day. Oh, my God. And the bridging gives you the Seal of Solomon. Oh, my God. Because that's exactly what it is. Unreal. And look at it's Tau. And Ta Ra, Ta Ra. Ra is not God. Do you know what God it is? Remember, we learned the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ra is the word, it's a statement in ancient Irish to etymology. Right. It means the word. And ta is correct. It means the true word. Tara. The hill of Tara is the hill of the true word. Or the hill of truth. And the Torah is, well, the ancient Bible, isn't it? Mm. 
Oh my God. They stole everything and yes. then manipulated it and then made us believe a certain way as they're going a different way. Yes. And all it did was enslave every person on the earth. So there you have the Aten, the sun or the moon or the Jupiter or sunset, sunrise. And you have the two serpents, servants of the path of each line, haven't you? And then it dawned on me, I showed you this, the, the rod of Caducus. Mm-hmm. Well, look. Whoa. And that, remember the Rock of Cash where the Queen visited in Ireland? Yeah. You pull a line, and where does it go through? CERN in Switzerland. And then it goes through the line in Sorrentino. Remember the line that bisects the, the lines on the Mediterranean side? And there you have Mount Sinai and Petra. And they make the wings. And that is the rod of Caducus. Un- unbelievable. And there is Caducus. In Irish, it means atonement. An atonement is the action of making amends for a wrong or an injury. Yep. But that's the injury to Akhenaten and the wrong. And this is their revenge. Oh my God. And then you, you brought up CERN and they have uh, a yeah. statue of Shiva. Yeah. And they do this weird dance. That's a whole nother <laughs> subject for another I see. another episode, but yeah, holy shit. And you can break ka means the where. And ducus, another way of breaking caducus, it means hereditary right or claim, birthright, heritage, ancestral estate, patrimony. Sound like they fit? So they've sp- double word, double meaning. Which ties in as above, so below. Yes. And that is that. <laughs> Holy shit. Alan, I can't wait to see what more of your work uncovers. This alone, it, 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 it's so hard to describe because there's a lot to take in, isn't there? There yes. really is a lot of information. So much to the point where everything that you were taught growing up, no matter what religion or non-religion, folklore, whatever, all of a sudden you're like, huh, so this is where it all began. This is where they wanted to go, and this is where they're taking us now. Mm -hmm. And now, 
is not a good thing. And, and, and I can see why, why, you know, like in the Christian religion, you know, they, with revelation, oh, it's the end times, it's the end times. Well, it's the end times began when they went on to the Lucifer line and it's been going. And it will continue to go until they go back up and cross back over and go back into the Michael line. Yeah. So they're they're so now they're at the end. They're they're here. Mm-hmm. They're moving. And I think the next few days it's faster than we thought. And this is the reset. It's the great, it's the real great reset. Right. They get to this in Schmickelin, and then they can reset at Tara on the second of first Fe- of February. Bridging day, and then, and then begin the Lucifer reign, yep. which is Louis and George. Eh? Yeah, it's a script. What you're it looking is. at is a script that keeps being replayed, repeated, and replayed and repeated. Yeah, like you said, repeated. Um, Only, but well, it also ties in with like astrotheology. Like every so many thousand years, um, a new sign comes in to power so yeah. when they reset this is that the true time we move into the age of aquarius or are we or have we been in the age of aquarius the age of man well we're in it now we were in it last winter solstice last year okay that's when pisces ended and aquarius mm-hmm. began on the 21st of december and now this is the rebirth, the reset. And so they were down in Antarctica, weren't they? Um, Klaus Schwab and, and uh, what do you call her from the, the IMF? Um, um, uh, Lagarde. Uh, and uh, Khan. A few of them are all down. Proper good Satanists, you know? So, I mean, this is their script. But it's not our script, correct? And the and and the power is that if that stone moves in Ireland, because as I said, it has massive significance to the Irish people, even more so than nearly, uh, you know. And you know how strong Catholicism and Christianity is in Ireland. Mm. Um, but it, this is the only thing that probably could penetrate that strength, is the ancient stories of Tara. And to know that the stone is in the wrong place. Well, you know, it'll go around and you can imagine, what do you mean the stone is in the wrong place? In fact, not only is it in the wrong place, they put it on. Remember, this is the sunset line. Yeah, they put it on the wrong line. But they put it on the sunset side of the center of the moon so that on sunset, a shadow would be cast to the center of the moon. So almost like asexual. It's right. all transgender. Yeah. They transgendered Baal to become Baphomet. Um, they transgender everything, and the moon is just not, you know, they desexualized nature. In other words, this is their their, their finger that's, up to the to the source. That's the plan to to move us all back to you know angels or angles were hermaphrodites they, they they weren't male or female they yes you know but somehow they were able to reproduce yes. with humans but 
without yeah. glove. Yeah. Uh, wow. And and this is this is their game. So, for the Irish people to know that this stone is in the wrong place, first of all, there'll be what are you on about? There'll be rejection. That can't be. But the curiosity, because it's too powerful this story in Ireland to the people. It's too powerful, and for them not to find out why. Right. To find out why that stone is in the wrong place is to find out all of that. And it's not just <laughs> if Ireland finds out with the diaspora and and the whole world finds out. It does, because that was the original quote-unquote old world. You know what I mean? And that's like, another prophecy is Ireland will free itself first. I hope so. And then I the world so. will free after. And I get a buzz oh, yeah. even telling you now. But I I just, with this evil for so many thousands, a whole eon, a whole epoch of evil. Mm. So, yeah. Um, as evil is the opposite of life. Live. It's the inversion of live. It is. And uh, everything is, they've inverted the story and personified it from nature and everything. So I'm looking forward to this. And yeah, no, it's absolutely I'm to get to share it with you on their show. Uh, and, 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 and that just reaffirms my spiritual journey for the last year and a half to two years of getting back to nature and knowing the, the creator and every religion. I, I don't care if it's Celtic, Norse, Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Mormon. Yeah, I mean, the list goes on. It, it's, all, it's all bastardized to a point where, you know, they want you to almost, in a sense, worship something that, that isn't natural. Yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion. If I'm wrong, please. Oh, I, I don't think you're, I think you've absolutely nailed it. It's anti-nature. Mm-hmm. That is what it is. And anti-nature is anti-divine. Yes. Divine. And that's, that's what it's all about. This is the ultimate, what they want. Transhumanism is, is fits the agenda perfectly because it's the ultimate to infinity. Um, they want everyone, you know, you know, it, it's, and that's why it, you know, mm-hmm. um, they've they've put their hands up now. Um, I don't. I'd love to see them try and explain this away. Yeah, exactly. Now, are you done sharing your screen, or? Yes, I'll unstop share. And then we can. Uh, there yeah. Hey, there you are. Look, look at that handsome Irishman. If you find if you find a handsome Irishman, I'm happy with that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not here anyway. It's not tonight. Um, but no, I'm I'm delighted. Hey, our, wa- hey, our wives think our hand that we're handsome, so that's all that matters. Well, maybe yours <laughs> don't. I don't know, but mine is probably having second thoughts now. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure all, mine is too. <laughs> it's all it's all good. Um, 
No, I, I'm I'm absolutely delighted at this stage. I got to to share it with you. Uh, uh, like, well, you know the story. As I say, mm. this is you've seen it grow as well. You've seen it from the beginning almost. And um, yes, and yeah, and you know. that's why I have to apologize to to my listeners. That's why for for the beginning, I, I wasn't asking questions, and I probably should have, but I'd seen a lot of this. And I knew the more you talk, it would answer any question that you had. So, you know, yeah, it's um, the then funny you present a new information, and I'm just like, okay, well, I think I need to ask some questions. <laughs> I think that's about where I'm at. I'm, I'm looking at other stuff, obviously. Um, Absolutely, but but the main concern is to get this this story now and out, and I think the time and serendipity, um, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of information, and I honestly can't explain how I've been lucky enough to find it for us, but you know, it is what it is, and we need to make use of it now. So I guess that's why we were destined to to meet. I guess. Over lines the airwaves. Yep. Um, lines of destiny. You're, desti- you're you're exactly you're destined to to bring it further to to your audience and uh, yeah it's it's um yeah it's it's I just hope it does what I think it will do. Um, I'm sure it will. it will do. Yeah, I know it will. I, actually, I know it. I don't believe it. I know it. Mm-hmm. So it's uh yeah. It's a Why good don't you day tell us? <clears throat> Tell people where they can uh, find you on Telegram with your your real history. Um, yes, yeah, so on Telegram, if you just look up real history, literally, you'll find the group. And yeah, you're welcome to join. As I say, every topic is uh, there's no no topic sacrosanct. Everything is discussed. Um, it goes every way. And I guess the intention was I set the group up with just an accident, really, to. Um, I was told, you know, why I says, why don't you share that information? And I got told, why don't you set up a group for it yourself? Mm-hmm. And then with the, the information I was finding out, I thought, wouldn't it be great to have a group where we could actually establish a real timeline of history? And, uh, you know, lots of debate, lots of stuff, you know, like every all good debates, you can't agree with everything, but it's interesting to, to still have a look at it and, and you know, isn't that the definition of true true enlightenment is to explore the counter opinions um and and with a with an open mind and uh you know move forward and that's Absolutely. what we've been denied throughout history so yeah it's good and i i have to apologize um <laughs> i haven't been te- checking in to telegram uh, as much as i used to or <clears throat> or any actual social media um, just because starting this podcast up and, and trying to get, you know, good guests and great guests such as yourself on the show. So information can be shared, but I do pop in from time to time and scroll down on all the messages that, that are there. You know, sometimes it's a, it might be like 50 or a hundred, but, you know, I sit there and I scroll and I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm reading. And I'm like, oh man, you know, people yes. from all, our, and, and that's what I love about Telegram is because 
you connect from, I'm here in the United States, you're in England, originally from Ireland, and we connected a, about a year ago and have become really good friends and, and close friends and always look forward to talking with, with you. Like you, yeah. you enlighten me and I hope my yeah. dumbass <laughs> can enlighten Not you. I love the stuff you, you have now. I love but, your shows as well. But we're all just, there. It's it's a great share, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a true. We're not getting information on mainstream. No. So and so we never will. You never know, will. That everything like that that propaganda. Yeah. So it's, it's gone. Well, but, uh, I will. Uh, I will close this out with uh, thank you for joining another episode. I apologize to the listeners for not asking a super fun question. Well, where do I start? I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant is cap. I was bred by the government. Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system. Had enough of it. Another sapien that's on the globe. Lost cold, looking for the direction, but don't nobody know. The only bit of insight that they ever sold me, I've been start to find out, doesn't really hold. Every highfalutin piece of shit hidden in a tie, high motives to align goals. Cheating on your wife, my ties at the ninth hole. Someone gotta die, they don't care, they itemize souls. Tit jobs from Botox to light bulbs, light bulbs in my head of where I might go. I'm on a tightrope, walking the edge. And I've been wondering if anyone loves me, shit And I've been wondering if anyone loves me, yeah Fuck And I've been wondering if, look I've been hopping down this rabbit hole for quite some time To find lines that connect through to all their lies They normalize a real life poltergeist To trust Pfizer with a remedy to make you right The thought's sick I'll take a chance and roll my dice Because something in my stomach isn't sitting right I want a soul search, find a place to bring in light But I can't cause Fuck I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant It's cap You were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it, we bat shit What we read in the covenant, it's cap We were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it I want the power to shake shit and shift shape Tap in the pineal eye without a mistake We have the power to live right and get straight But they found a way to remove this, they bitch made Hey. Keep on calcifying glands with your flow ride while I flow ride the valor of rhyme. I'm flying high by the seat of my pants. A beat speaking to me, know I'm talking back every chance. Hoping one day I make it overseas or to France. But in the Northwest, I trip without a traveling band. Yeah. And that's word to my cat plug. I'm higher than giraffe puss. Look what the cat drug in. Now I'm scribbling this rap in the bathtub. At midnight, I don't fill it up with the tap cup. Soaking in my cannabis suds. Anything for a buzz. Reclaim my residue inside of a dab jug. Peel through a fat stash, burning the last snug. I picture this dimension I don't want to come back from. But here I am, still stuck in the bathtub. My brain fried, but honestly, I'm fine. I'd rather not have one. I'm batshit. I'm fucking bad shit, and it's your fucking fault. It's their fault. Straight up. I'm done. I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant. It's cap. You were fed by the government. 
fact check every head when it come to this upside down system. Had enough of it. Enough of it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.